the real movies with real men, the world's first and only movie talk show podcast, baby. Oh, baby. I mean, that's yeah. probably true, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Hey, my name is Andy. With me, unfortunately, always is audio, or should I say, fraudio engineer, Muller. Oh, uh, yep, that's... <laughs> you fucking fraud. I'm a fraud. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> With us as well is the world's leading cuddling engineer, Brayden. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> yeah. That's the voice of a cuddler for sure. Yeah, I'm good at that. Cuddle me, Brayden. Yeah. Tickle me, um, boy. So what the hell are we doing here? Why are we, why are we sitting in front of a bunch of fucking microphones? Well, because we're a bunch of real men. We got, That's true. I got big bus, bustles, uh, biceps, <laughs> and uh, quads and trods. And uh, well, I don't, but I think after the end of this episode that I will. Oh so, yeah, yeah. This just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, this is the only podcast where your triceps will get stronger just for listening. Yeah. So that happens from talking about m- movies in a nerdy yeah. fashion. Yeah. The biceps just <laughs> pop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a really good uh, manly sound you're working out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pop. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, really manly there, yeah. Andy. So, real movies of the real men. We're here to spew hate on movies. Every episode, we have our most hated movie or a gripe about movies in the movie industry. Yeah, I think it's probably just going to be a lot of movie gripes. And then at the end of the episode, we'll just uh, hate on one movie each, specifically. If you're, if you're tuning in live here, you can see Andy's fiery red beard. That's how, uh, you know, so there's Andy and I'm Andrew. Also, a bright yellow shirt. I'm just a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll colorful gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> so if, you're, if you're listening, you'll be able to tell the difference between me and Andy. Uh, he has the bright beard, and I do not have that type of beard. So that's uh, the best there way to go. differentiate it. So when you hear the rustling in the wind, you know it's coming from this side of the room. Yeah. So <laughs> um, I was just listening to, uh, I was checking out a line and um, so you remember Malcolm in the middle, right? Of course. So apparently like there's the scene, the episode where Hal, Brian Cranston is doing like roller skating in sequence. I remember that one. I haven't seen that show since it first came out, but I remember that one. So apparently he like trained for like several hundred hours to learn to learn to do the <laughs> roller skating for that scene. So what what does he do? I haven't seen this. It's um, like a whole dance choreography. Yeah, he does this whole it? dance choreography. He's got you know the roller blades with the four wheels on them, like the roller skates. Yeah, you right? know how people like you know <laughs> right, people I guess back, that's in, like, back in like the sixties they would go to like the roller skates yeah. and they play like shitty yeah. disco music and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. So, so he does like a full dance. Sequence. Yeah, but but it's awesome. like it's just a twenty minute episode for like a was it like was that a weekly show? That yeah. was Yeah, on? I think so. And the the guy it does like hundreds of hours of practice for it. It's like they I don't know. They just don't put that, that type of effort into it's movies. It's because Brian Cranston's the fucking man though. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just what another time. It's like a time where people would actually put that much time into their role. Speaking of I have a, a movie where nobody puts that much time into their role. Now let's go on to my most hated movie of the week, which is World War Z. So let's give you the overview here. If you haven't seen World War Z, you're going to want to pay attention. In World War Z, a zombie outbreak erupts in Brad Pitt's backyard. He escapes with his family only to find himself unable to cope with the vertigo caused by unnecessary shaky cam and the cognitive dissonance from his PG-13 rating. He scrambles restlessly to find a cure with the aid of the United Nations, only to be foiled by a script that only a Damon Lindelhoff could love. 
Lindenhoff. Will Damon Lindenhoff ruin yet another Hollywood flick? Of course. Let's find out. Oh man, you really beat me to the punch on that one. (laughs) I guess the reviews. Spoiler alert. The review's over. I don't need. I don't need to go go over it. We already know that he ruins. (laughs) Spoiler alert. And that's this episode. (laughs) See you next week. See you guys next week. Uh, What is that? Like a five-minute bicep workout? This we got all this entire podcast in five minutes. The shorter we make these episodes. the more ripped people are going to get. They're like efficiency levels just going to go. go through the roof. Yeah. Um, so World War Z is a movie that I think we all saw that together, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had a big group. So Brad Pitt made it because he's a, he's a big boy who can buy big boy book rights and make them into movies. He helped produce this movie, right? Like yeah. He was, he was big into getting this thing on the screen. Yeah, and he's the star. So let's just dive right into a few problems that I have with this movie. So the... So I, ma- I mentioned the shaky cam. Now, there is a scene in this movie where the zombies are running after Brad Pitt. You know, everybody, you've seen, you've seen the zombie movies. You know, everybody, everything erupts and they're running away. That's pretty yeah, typical. Yeah, because these are running zombies. Running for zombies. For clarity's sake, not yeah. the slow-moving zombies. So there's a scene where they're running in a building and they're going up the staircase to get, I don't know, to get to the roof. I don't know why you'd be safer from zombies on the roof. Is there a helicopter? They were getting to a helicopter. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they were running up to the helicopter. If you, if you imagine, it's a blackout, so you've got a black, empty staircase with just a few red emergency lights. I don't know. I Yeah, I guess that yeah, just I happens. Remember, so like, red, I remember red lights in there. I don't know if that was... Because that's weird, though, because it was like an apartment. And it's, why would it have like red <laughs> generator lights? Yeah, yeah, it'd be like those white floodlights or something. Yeah, like it was that. weird. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. moving on. It's... um. So this scene is like you got zombies chasing Brad Pitt and his family or whoever, and like you already think the lighting's going to be bad. Okay, so you know when you're doing a nighttime scene, usually they're filming, they they have a lot of light, and it's there's, more that the, the scene is more colored to be nighttime. It's not actually like they're filming in the dark. Yeah, either that or there's like... I'm doing finger quotes here, but like movie light, like there's there's yeah. a light source that's not supposed to be like it looks necess- like moonlight. Yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like so it lights up the scene. You can see what's happening, but you know it's the middle of the night. So it's like they forgot how that works in this scene, and it's just they just turn the lights off. It's just fuck it. Yeah, they just turn it off. <laughs> so like it's like combine like no light with like this 3D, which I'll. I mean, I guess I could go into that right now, but man, did the 3D in this movie suck. As it does in every single uh, movie. <laughs> but, yeah. um, so combine that, like, no light, you have 3D, and then, like, the most horrendous shaky cam ever. Like, it's like they just took a GoPro and just chucked it in a washing machine and and, and turned it on, and it's just spinning around in the dark, and you just yep. see fragments of pixels occasionally. Like, yeah. I couldn't make I was anything. motion sick after that scene, man. I didn't oh, know man. what was going on. It was, like, the amalgamation of everything horrible that you can do in terms of like visual movie storytelling where it's like oh your my camera's God. shaking like fucking wild there's a nighttime scene that, that has where they just turn the lights off so it's just dark you're wearing sunglasses because it's a 3D movie so it's even darker than it should be and like all these quick cuts and it's like yeah it's just this combination of the only it's like thing that they could have thrown in to make it that much worse it's like oh 48 frames per second as well fortunately they didn't do that it's <laughs> yeah. just like they had everything else to make that scene as like incomprehensible as possible we'll get into 48 frames per second probably on another episode there but um yeah so that scene was like it's it's really indicative of the types of poor filmmaking choices that are made throughout the whole movie. Like it's, I mean, just poor yeah. storytelling. I don't want to use nerd that, words like filmmaking and, yeah, and noir. That, that scene was like early on too. 
Like that scene yeah. was so early on. It was within that, ten like, minutes of the beginning. Yeah, I yeah. think that was the scene where like I, I had already given up a lot on that movie by this point. And like that was a scene where I was like, oh my fucking God. Like I don't even know what's going on in this scene. Like I can't even tell. Like not from a, a story perspective, I don't understand what's going on. From like just this one scene, it's like what they're, they're in a stairwell? Did they kick the zombie? Or like it was just so I had no idea what was going on. Couldn't tell what was going on. I That's don't think like, that they actually filmed any real footage. Like I I I, I legitimately <laughs> they just threw a camera yeah. down a, down the, down the stair stairwell shaft and... with the lights off. Yeah. Occasionally. Like, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I I don't know. Like maybe they animated a few zombies in or some I don't know. Couldn't like tell maybe you. they did. yeah, I couldn't I wouldn't know. Maybe maybe they didn't. So But yeah, yeah, and that was like yeah, like you said, it's like that was probably first 15 20 minutes maybe into oh, the movie and it's like already I'm like oh god fuck this like already like they've gotten me down to a point where it's like to bring me back into enjoying this movie like you gotta pick me up like yeah real yeah. high because I'm out of like bottom of the barrel low yeah I want to see a, like a pregnant woman get eaten by a zombie <laughs> her baby ripped out like I need something just nasty to pull me back at this point yeah so it didn't happen it's like okay whatever we have this bad shaky cam but we're in this cool violent zombie movie you know let's let's okay i'll hold on you know we'll get to some cool zombie killing i saw in the ad they had this cool wall of zombies at one point that was pretty cool like let's get to this stuff and then you run into another problem which is that this movie is rated pg-13 yes so basically you have an r-rated script well, it's a, it's a zombie movie. It's so a zombie, movie. zombie Every movie zombie movie should be, movie should be yeah, R-rated. Because yeah. it's like, you can't... You got PG-13, so uh, Brad Pitt goes to chop some zombies' head off. The camera cuts away just as he actually does it. And you have to imply it off screen. Which is like, it's nice for other types of movies sometimes, but not for a zombie movie that's like... Mm, it's no. supposed to be this egregious gore type thing. And nothing about this movie, like this isn't like a 28 Days Later thing where it's this artsy movie that it's like, oh, well, they're doing something really different with the zombie no, movie. Like this it's, is like... A, it's a blockbuster. It's a very typical it's a, blockbuster. Yeah. It's a typical zombie movie, like Dawn of the Dead type of yeah. thing where they're, you know, they, I think they see, the first scene is the exact same scene. It's like he's in bed yeah. with his family and then the zombie comes or whatever. I don't remember entirely, but... Um, well, yeah, just before you go on, just like to add to what you're saying is like, Beyond just like a a lack of gore, it's like when you get to scenes like that where they're like you're saying where they're chopping someone's head off, and but they don't show what happened and they can't like show a decapitated head. It's like it's unclear as to whether like what just happened. Like in a few cases, like you, yeah. So there's a case later on in the movie where I think this girl gets bitten in the hand or something. Like yeah, that. I was actually just about to bring yeah, yeah. I had a feeling. I, yeah, I know you're it. leading up to it. So um, she, okay, so they got to cut off her hand or something. Or, or killer, you know, the you know, infection will spread. Yeah, because right? I, I don't even like like. But you're not actually sure if they're gonna kill her because she's infected. Because that you know that's a pretty typical trope. Or whether they're gonna cut off her hand. So you know he raises the hatchet and swings it down, and then it cuts away, and then it goes to another scene immediately. And you're not actually sure if he killed her or yeah did yeah. that. And it, my memory of it is is like yeah, it shows that shot of him like raising like a hatchet or an axe or whatever, and then you kind of see him swing downward, and I think she like screams right. But it's like you don't see where the hatchet connected. And I remember thinking like, did he just cut her hand off? So I got the vibe I think just from the angle that he it was, was swinging, confusing. But though. it was confusing, and I wasn't aware until like probably like three minutes later when she showed up in another shot in a different different scene and everything and she didn't have a hand i was like oh okay they they did but it's like in that scene where this thing happened like a major moment for that character losing a fucking hand like 
I, I, it was like, did what? What did that just? Did she lose her hand? Yeah, and it was unclear. It, it wasn't in the type of way where it skips to another scene. And it's like you know, go to the commercial break and you'll find out later. Like it was yeah. just legitimately confusing because they had probably filmed it and cut it out for well, to, I think to get a lower rating. They tried to sell it as like this suspenseful thing, but really behind the scenes, what happened was they're like, oh, we can't actually show this. Or some so producer, we'll, we'll some sell big shot suspense, and. They probably just edited it. Look at how confused Brad Pitt is. He's shooting all these scenes of hands getting chopped off, and then he's being the big shot producer and making him dumb it down to PG-13. This guy doesn't know what he wants. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's like in scenes where you know, you're chopping off limbs and whatever, or putting characters through violent turmoil. If you can't see what violent turmoil is happening, like the impact of that violent turmoil is completely sucked dry. It's oh like man, yeah, vacuum. totally. Like I remember not care. Like you, I didn't. I mean, I didn't really care about that character because I didn't care about really any characters. Isn't this movie I don't think. like fucking long too. Like I feel like talking about the scene it was that, that, that it was like hours. two hours into the movie and there was still like another hour. <laughs> left. That's how I remember it. I don't know that's if that's how, how it played felt. out. Yeah, that's exa- exactly. That's how it felt. Yeah, that was Jesus. That was pretty brutal. So, um. Yeah, you never see any zombies biting into people. You don't see any blood well, drawn. You don't. I remember. Sorry. To, uh, no, that's just it. it. I was just pissed off the whole movie. <laughs> I remember like really early on, probably like within the first five minutes, because I think the zombie infection gets going really quick. They jump yeah. right into this movie. Good for them for that, I guess. But they jump right into it. Remember, there's like a scene where there's like all these zombies attacking people in the middle of some street, and like this one guy gets like uh, grabbed in the leg by a zombie and dragged down, and like five other zombies come up and start like eating him. But there's no blood whatsoever, and then they, they cut away really quick, and it's just like, yeah. and it was at that again. This is like five minutes in the movie. I was like, oh no, this, <laughs> this is a yeah. zombie movie with like yeah. you don't even see blood. Like not, not even to say that there's no gore, but like you're not even gonna see blood. Uh, yeah. Like this is a problem to bypass that in a zombie. Yeah, movie. And you can show blood. In, like wasn't was Zombieland a PG thirteen movie? I think it was. I have no idea. I yeah, think like, it was. Like I remember. It's. it's I know. It's, not to get into the ratings board too much. It's like a certain amount of blood. Will get yeah, yeah. I think if they wanted a, you can use like movie, twelve quarts of blood, no more. Well, so who the, knows what the soccer moms are going to come is. by from the ratings board and like measure your blood? It was levels. probably R in the states, and then here it was probably fourteen. It was definitely I would fourteen. Zombieland. Yeah. There's no yeah. way that got higher than no, zombie, Zombieland. Sorry, or or Zombieland. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was probably. You got to earn eighteen A up here, like in Canada. It's like, very rare. It's usually like more disturbing yeah. content than just blood. Canadians. Yeah. Anyway, just before you move on, Muller, if you want to piss off a bunch of horror fans, release a release a zombie <laughs> movie that is rated like it felt like a PG movie. It was garbage. Yeah, it did feel like and, a PG yeah, movie. Yeah, like it, it felt what they almost went overboard with cutting down on things. Yeah, it, like, was it doesn't awful. even feel like they checked with the ratings board. Like they just anticipated all these things. Yeah, was, yeah that could be. I mean, who yeah. knows? But like, yeah, that could be. Yeah, because you're right. It does feel like <laughs> so dumbed down. But that. I mean, the ratings board, like that, that's definitely a topic I want to talk about in future episodes. Yeah, yeah, but, like, their, their criteria is definitely, like, fucking almost random. Like, oh, yeah. But yeah, again, let's not get into another, it. Right now, another but. day. So, I, I, have a few, I have a few more points, but I want to go through a few lines that are said in this movie just to give you an idea of. I, I mean, I could, I could say, oh, the dialogue's this or that or that. Or I could just give you a few of these lines here. So, we have one. Um, this is a doctor that says this. Actually, I have a few doctor quotes, so they really respect doctors in this one. He says, Mother Nature is a serial killer. 
Yeah, I remember in the theater, I was sitting directly Dude, beside we... you, Muller, uh, and like we were with like seven other people, and it was a pretty packed Oh, there packed was theater. a lot. There was like, like probably 12 or 13 of us. Yeah. It was a big group. And, and yeah, we, like yeah, it, was, it probably wasn't a sold-out theater, but it was pretty packed, like a lot of people. Yeah. And like I remember that line came up, and the both of us, like without even looking at each other, like reacting from each other, just burst out laughing <laughs> in like a, a pretty yeah. quiet theater. I think, I, I think you were like five seats We were on the me. other side. Me and uh, my wife were on the other side at the end of our group. And yeah. It's exact same thing we burst out laughing too because it's the flat serious delivery <laughs> yeah like like they thought that, this was a very profound thing to say especially like, a movie that's like that yeah a movie that's like not very spiritual it's more trying to depict a science fiction sort of thing and to talk about like mother nature being a serial killer when it's like just a basic understanding of evolution it's like this doesn't make any sense what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> yeah it was it was pretty but dumb. he was a doctor i'm not so yeah yeah that guy you know that guy's probably smarter than you he <laughs> i mean i That's also a phd want, i also want to point out that i thought i thought that was like a very m night shamalani type of thing to say and that doctor did look like m he did look like him a little <laughs> yeah it could have been him like <laughs> he's sneaking his way into other people's he's movies Slipped now. in for a dumb line. The director's like, "God damn it! Like, who let M Night in here? Yeah, kick him out." So then they they move on to the next section where, so, okay, so let 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 me set up the scene before I get ahead of myself. So they go into some lab area somewhere where there's chemicals where they think they can find a cure. That's mm-hmm. that's the point. They think they can find a cure. So this so this doctor is the only guy who knows how to work with the yeah. genomes and whatever the hell so that he can so he can find the cure. So they're sitting on the plane. They land the plane. He says that line, and then they're like, "Well, we better get the guy, this guy, the hell out of this movie." So he 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 goes to walk out of the plane, and then one of the soldiers gives him a gun, and he's like, "You gotta you gotta defend yourself yeah, in there's, case there's zombies about." Yeah, there's there's zombies about, and he's like, "Oh, I don't I don't I, I'm very uncomfortable with guns, you know. Like I don't know if there was an agenda behind this or a political agenda or not, but like he's oh I'm so uncomfortable with the guns, and the guy says you have to have it. So he finally he finally wins him over, and then he so then he takes the gun, turns around almost immediately, uh, almost like within ten <laughs> seconds, tur- turns around, trips, falls. And then shoots himself in the face. In the face, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, um, it, it, like I just have to point out, like, if you take your fingers and make an L with them, like a gun shape, yeah, and then just put your index finger up to your chin, yeah, and then wedge the bottom part of your fist, like, on the ground, yeah, like it gets wedged between his face and the ground, and then blows off his head. The most like, unnatural way to fall down. It's it's the how the fuck do you even fall that way? Because generally, when you fall, like your body has a natural reaction to put your hands or whatever in the direction that your head's going to stop your head from impact. Like, why would your hand, like one of your hands, his go hand went up under, to his under chin, your, like under your chin, it's like, like such a purposeful it move? Make any it's, sense. Yeah, it was like it was as if it was like a Looney Tunes cartoon, and he slipped on a banana peel and then and then tripped and stuff. So I guess that was. Their solution to get M Night Shyamalan out and the hell out of that movie. Yeah, maybe they actually killed M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it's oh, like a very tip, it's it's like a TV type thing where they hate the actor and then they make him fall down an elevator shaft. Yeah. This is like World War Z's version of that, except like they wrote the script beforehand, so I don't know how that happened. Uh, but yeah, that was another scene where I remember bursting out laughing because it was just <laughs> oh, yeah. like it was, it was so comedic. Like you could almost like it's like you said, it's like he slipped on a fucking banana peel. It's like I would almost just imagine like you someone either must have or someone needs to like take that clip and like edit in like that that falling sound effect like that whoop 
Because like, 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 I just, it's like I watch a scene and I just like I think back about it in my head and it's like I just imagine with like his hands up in the air, kind of juggling the gun, like Whoa! <laughs> dead. <laughs> it was so like That's great. so, so dumb. Like yeah. two minutes after introducing this guy, like yeah, yeah it was so like a cartoon. Show. It's it's really hard to take the writers seriously of this one. They they got this line: "Mother Nature is a serial killer," and then within a minute, the same guy slips on a banana peel. And yeah. Shoots himself in the face, and it's like, dude, it sounded like you believed, like you thought that was profound, but like, the it's so confusing that that would be the next thing that you do for you. You cannot have possibly felt it was that profound, but they said it, they delivered it that way. It's very confusing. I'm confused just thinking about the type of person who would write that. Oh yeah, it's like, like something like. It's something like a a thirteen year old would write after like just learning about like evolution or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm fourteen and this is deep, you know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. so, that sort of thing, but based more. Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. So, um, another line I have here is, uh, you know, in true Jaden Smith fashion, one doctor says, "You can't make a dead person sick." <laughs> it's delivered that well too. Yeah, I think that's exactly that, that's exactly how that doctor delivers that, and I I guess that's true. Yeah, I guess like he's got a point. I I don't know what the profound thing they're trying to like. I don't know. Is this like a euthanasia argument that they're trying to make? Like I don't think they're trying like, to make anything like, like that. Like I don't like just... I don't know what they're trying to say with that. Like it's like they I know, but this is the they must be trying to make some sort of commentary because like these are the like you said I'm 14 and this is deep. These are the they you know they got to make it all mean something and have some p- parallel or allegory to the real world so well if they did they failed uh, yeah, yeah yeah um anyways so there's so there's brad pitt uh, blah 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 move forward through the movie he hops on a plane i don't i don't i don't even remember where he's going but he but he, he's on a plane the plane full of people i think they're escaping israel or something like that and yeah, they really world hop in this movie. It's yeah, like they, they go from like city to some like yeah, like Harrier jet landing place to like yeah, they're all over the. Place. And you don't really learn much about any of these places. You learn a little bit about the conflict they're experiencing. Yeah, I think he, it was just an excuse. It was like a connect the dots style storyline. Yeah, it's like we want to have a scene with zombies in Israel and like <laughs> whatever. And it's just like they have all these like racist. all these like scene points. And but no real way to connect it story wise. So they just wrote the scenes and then tried to connect them afterward. And like, well, he picks up like a tiny bit of info in each place he goes. Yeah, and then at I guess the end so. he kind of puts it together. But that's so yeah, they're flying away in Israel after the zombie wall thing happened. And that was I think after when the chick cutter. Yeah, if, if, off. if you have if you haven't seen the trailer. The zombies, there's a huge wall around Israel. There's so many Trump's wall, he moved to Israel and built his wall there instead. And then uh, all the zombies are lined up outside it and they're like hopping on top of each other until they're like 50 feet tall. It's just a big pile of zombies. Yeah, like thousands. And and they're running, so it looks very weird. Um, So they hop on the plane and uh, I think an an infected person gets on the plane. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, so somehow somebody's infected. They get on the plane. This is when that girl gets her hand chopped off, too. I think she got her hand chopped off just before getting on the plane. But it doesn't matter. matter. It does not matter. Um, So Hmm. a zombie gets on the plane. And like these zombies are like, I think the premise is like it's like 12 seconds. They bite you like 12 seconds later. You're a zombie. Just just very quickly. I don't know if it's actually 12. But um, so... You get a zombie bite somebody on a plane, you know, you got like a few hundred people on the plane, like they're getting infected real fast because they're all close together and they're trying to get away. So and there's a lot of people on this plane too. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like at, a few hundred. At least 50, but like. 
I, I, I think it's more than a hundred. It's a lot of people. Um, so very quickly, most like half of the people at least are zombies and like, it's just, everything's about to be done for. In a flying so, plane, like thousands of feet in the air. Yeah. Like, you know, 10,000, 20,000 feet in the air, whatever planes mid, cruise Mid at. flight. They're not yeah, like they're, just landing or just taking off. No. So then Brad Pitt gets the idea that a good way to deal with the zombies <laughs> in this plane, in this vacuum sealed plane. Now, now keep in mind that if you open the door in a plane, like you're jeopardizing everybody's oh, lives. Yeah. Like, and this is a small door, you know, like two feet wide by four or five feet tall. You know, you, you open that emergency door and you could kill everybody I've, accidentally. Like it's not for sure, but it could have. I've heard, I don't know the science of it, but I've heard it's just like, like a really tiny, almost like pinhole. If it were able to puncture all the way through the airplane would like, yeah, the vacuum aspect act, aspect of it would really fuck you're up. You're going everything. very fast. You're going like 700 yeah. kilometers Again, an hour I, or whatever. I haven't researched any of that, but sure. it sounds true. Sounds true. <laughs> so Brad Pitt gets the idea that a good way to deal with the zombies would be to pull a grenade out it's and amazing. throw it at the zombies and blow like a 12 foot hole in the wall of the plane. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> it was like, obviously it's, it's a complete moment of desperation and even watching you're thinking like, Oh man, like how the fuck are they going to get out of this? Cause we're only like an hour and a half into this two and a half hour movie. Like, how are they going to get out of this? Because I know that we still got an hour left in the movie. Yeah. And it's like, what clever thing? Yeah, like what, yeah, what amazingly with? clever thing? Is he going to find a parachute somehow? Or like... That's an, what an, I would... That would be the logical decision. It's the decision only thing I can think of. Because they have parachutes I mean, I guess the, the next logical thing is that maybe Iron Man will fly in and save them yeah. somehow. That, that that would be the next uh, it's, logical it's not jump. Any, it's not any less logical than what actually happens. <laughs> it's, movie, it's, so. it's far more logical, I think, than what actually happens. <laughs> So a bunch of zombies get sucked out of the plane. I think the plane breaks in half yep. at some point. Oh, yeah. I threw a fucking grenade. In a <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the plane crashes and Brad Pitt just survives. And also, <laughs> also coincidentally, so did the person he was with. Like they both, the, the, <laughs> the, hand, the hand and no, Nobody else on this whole entire plane survives. I think the person he's with gets, or is it him? You get, somebody gets a, impaled, uh, impaled yeah. on something, but they're still alive. But they're and, fine. Like they're fine enough to like, Wake up and be like, Ugh, what happened? And just oh, stumble man, I got so like, drunk last night. Is, yeah, he just has like a bad... He's just walking it off. I have basically. to go retrace like my steps headache. and find out who I annoyed. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, keep in mind, this is less logical than the Iron Man scenario. Um, so that was... Uh, yeah, that was a pretty dumb... Pretty dumb scene. So my last point about World War Z is... Uh, that I mentioned in the synopsis is that Damon Lindelof is a is a key writer in this movie. So if you don't know who da- Damon Lindelof is, he wrote for Lost, and, and he's a huge fucking hack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I think I, I want to give you the floor. Prometheus. Your Damon Lindelof too? is a little better than was mine. he Prometheus as well? Yeah, he did yeah, Prometheus he... as well. So if you're wondering why that movie went really weird at the end, <laughs> yeah, is Damn. any movie that the ending just starts going weird. You know Damon Prob- Lindelof is... No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> and or it's, it's that he wrote the beginning of it and then either fucked off and just be like, all right, you guys finish this. Like, basically, so basically, like, Damon Lindelof, like, he was one of the main writers for Lost and he is notorious for being able to write really intriguing, like, mysteries, like, really, like, yeah, almost, cool almost bizarre... Almost Lost. bizarre stuff, but not so bizarre that it's, like, zany and you want to know more about it. But then he's just fucking horrible at answering those things. So I just think he just doesn't so you have like these huge bizarre mysteries that go nowhere and that was like what lost was and we'll probably talk about lost at some other point here yeah but like 
And then like Prometheus came out and like Prometheus had like so much promise, gorgeous movie again, probably a movie we'll talk about again at some point. But uh, it's all these crazy mysteries, like these really like things that you like, you think like the plot is steering in one direction and all these mysteries are going to either come together or, or explain something and then they just go nowhere. And there's so many of them. And, and that's Damon, Lind- Damon Lindelof's stick is he's great at mysterious mysteries, but just... It doesn't yeah. bother even trying to answer them. And in World War Z, like there isn't really an interesting mystery. Too no, I much think maybe either. he was like trying to get away from. They're that all at Damon this point. Lindelof endings. That's this whole movie yeah. is just Damon Lindelof writing endings all the time. So um, yeah, I think this. I think the movie went through a few rewrites too, which would explain some of the mm-hmm. really bizarre scenarios that happened. Well, apparently um, there was an ending that was like so bad that they they reshot like the entire ending. So like. And the ending of the the, the the theatrical version's ending wasn't very good, so no. I, I can't imagine what that thrown out ending is. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty bad. So if you see Damon Lindelof on a movie, you, you can expect some dumb things are going to happen in that movie. Like I can't think of anything he's done that didn't he re- have something really dumb in it at some point. Yeah, like I haven't seen all his movies, but like I think he's kind of fizzling out a bit. Like that Tomorrowland movie, I think oh, was written that too? by him, and I know it didn't do well. I never saw it, so I can't comment anything on it, but. Yeah, I think I think people are becoming more and more aware of his shit, and like a lot of people were upset with the ending of Lost. So I think after that, people, oh, yeah, that. people looked at this guy with uh, uh, more of a critical eye. They, yeah, they got some disdain for because he's jerk. a fucking hack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's uh, what I got for World War Z. So yeah, that movie too. I because I, I rewatched it after we saw it in theaters, and I noticed a few, in a few shots. Um, swear words being edited out as well. So like I think we'd mentioned earlier how it was possibly intended to be rated r and then got edited oh it like, definitely so it was because th- there's an unrated version which i probably won't see i, I can't imagine ever like someone like enthusiastically trying to make a zombie movie and being like we'll do this pg-13 out there's no way like they weren't <laughs> uh, thinking that from, they weren't thinking that from the get-go i don't think so especially because i don't think like this is based on a novel which i know nothing about but i can't imagine in this novel this is like famous zombie novel that they shied away from like uh, gore mm-hmm. and blood and whatnot. So I got to imagine anyone from the get-go uh, trying to cook up ideas of what they want this movie to be was thinking like, yeah, it'd be a PG-13, you know, good, like bring the bring the kids out. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine they were thinking that yeah. at the get-go. Oh, man, yeah, that's weird. That so, movie sucks. So uh, I'm going to talk about a movie that came out last year. It was sort of a... Um, I don't know if you want to call it a reboot or a remake or whatever it's Is called. Is it an interesting movie? Not at all. It's called Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm um, so going to talk about... Uh, well, first of all, Poltergeist, here's the, the basic premise here. Uh, some fast food workers discover the restaurant they work in is built on an ancient burial ground and the chickens they cook are trying to kill them. That's Poltergeist. Right? You got me. <laughs> oh, that's you got poultry me. Poltergeist. <laughs> that's not Poltergeist. That's a trauma film. So I was actually, we talked about it before the show, but I was, yeah. I, that was my plan was to bring that in the whole time. <laughs> so yeah, Poltergeist is just a, a spoof movie uh, <laughs> yeah. made by Trauma, and it's super gory and hilarious and God whatever. bless those Trauma people. So wait, are you doing this on Poltergeist doing the Lord's work. then? Or is that, um, your, is that your no, most hated movie? I'm, I'm, I'm not. So well, that sounds like a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was better than this. So, okay, the... I guess the dumbed down version of the plot would be, and you know, the there's similarities between this and the original. I'll, I'll get to my issues with it. So the, the this family moves to this new neighborhood. The father's out of work, um, so they they move to somewhere they can 
they're looking for a house they can afford. So they go check this one house out. They're like, oh, it looks so nice. Let's move into it. So they move into it. And immediately, like the first or second night they're there, things start going weird. Things are being moved around. Thing, you know, it's like that horror progression where things start off a little weird. And then the next night it gets a little worse. Mm-hmm. So um, eventually, similar thing. The girl. So the girl in this movie's name is Madison. In the original one, um, her name's Carol Ann. And Carol Ann's in all three. So she's like sort of like the, the main figure in all these movies. And the spirits are after Carol Ann this whole time. So Madison's basically playing the same role. And so is it like, it sounds like, I know it's a reboot or remake or whatever. It's like, it sounds like the exact same story. Like yes. almost identical, except identical. they just changed a couple names. It's identical. They, they took, I'll, I'll go over a few plot points. Like they basically took everything out and then applied your standard like new horror movie formula to it. Threw in some jump scares and there you go. So just. And took it and made it bad. Just took it and yes, made it like worse. Made it modern and really bad. So um, th- there's there's scenes from the original. They basically rip off like the TV scene. So you've seen like that's the cover of the original Poltergeist. Is Carol Ann with her hands on the TV? And yeah, it's, in the it's original, a pretty like famous scene. Yeah, like. in this one, that's the same thing. The little girl's got her hands on the TV, and then to make it scarier, it's a flat screen now, and a bunch <laughs> Nothing of spooky about a flat yeah, screen. Yeah, not at all. And a bunch <laughs> of like ghost hands show up on the other side, and they're pressing in, and you're like, okay, I've seen that before. And then the whole clown scene happens again. Uh, they, they when they move in, they find a bunch of clown dolls. Oh, because everyone's scared of clowns, and everyone remembers that one clown scene from the original. So they have to play on that. So there's just clown crap. What everywhere. happens in the original? Clown well, the original. Scene? No, I've um, never seen Poltergeist. In the original, so. this kid has his clown doll. He just hates. He always like kind of turns his head away. Rightfully so. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's creepy. This this new one is like in the new one they tried to over creepify like the clowns, mm-hmm. you know. So in this original, it's just like this old like retro looking clown doll that's just not intentionally creepy in that, but it's just. Yeah, it, just it would is. give you nightmares as a kid. Clowns are naturally so kid, creepy. Um, mm-hmm. when, they're disgusting. When the, they're scum. When the when the spirits start attacking the house originally in the first one, the the kid's sleeping in his bed and he sees the clown and then all of a sudden he looks over at one point and the clown's not there, and then the clown kind of gets you know blindsides him, jumps him, and you know they, he wrestles with the clown. That's kind of what happens. But it's really that would terrify me. It's a kid. really iconic scene. <laughs> Anyway, in this movie, there's uh, a bunch of clowns, so they're trying to just yeah, amp up classic. the clown. Yeah, that's why they put the stupid clown on the cover, because they're like, oh, what does everybody remember from the first one? Everyone's scared of clowns. We'll just take it out of context and put a stupid-looking clown on the front. And like, that's not what the movie... The movie's not about clowns. 50 clowns. But it's also... It's like classic blockbuster Hollywood remake, where it's like... Yeah, take this old scene from, yeah. from the original and ramp it up. There's, there's yeah. six clowns and like they're doing like <laughs> matrix flips and stuff. I don't, six, I don't six, think that actually clowns. happened, but like oh, it's man. just classic. <laughs> it's just classic. Like, like we got to ramp it up. Like one clown. If one clown was scary, like mm-hmm. it's 2013 or whenever the fuck this movie came 2014 out. 2014 like, clowns. One clown scary. isn't scary. And it was like, that's it was like ex- six clowns. That's exactly like, what it is. So anyway, there's um, there's also a scene in the original, which they, they blatantly rip off. Um, the so the the closet in the girl's bedroom, Caroline's bedroom, um, it becomes sort of like a like a portal gateway kind of thing, and she gets sucked into it. And w- they notice that the, this hole kind of forms in their living room on the roof, and they notice things are coming out of it. So they at one point someone throws something into the closet, it comes out of the living room floor, and this is like on the other side of the house, so it's not like directly underneath it. And exact same thing in the in this new one, they throw a piece of rope just like they did before, and it comes out, so they use it as like a Something they can go through and hold, you know, keep yeah. keep grounded to reality, sort of. Exactly uh, the same. Well, 
Yeah, and Gravaden's always dropping his papers. He's like Bernie Sanders over here. Yo. He's tripping on his papers. No one's taking him serious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happened. <laughs> yeah, basically. So what happens in these movies, I can basically paraphrase and it'll apply to both. So hauntings happen. Family freaks out. They go get these um the do- the daughter goes missing them both. The family doesn't know what to do. They go to they go get these parapsychologists. Parapsych- parapsychologists? Yeah. And what are they like counseling the ghosts? Yeah, you got Bill Murray here, uh, from <laughs> Ghostbusters. There are people in the in the but, real world that have that yeah. as their oh, occupation. Yeah. Yep. So Just con artists. Wait, do they, do they? This was before do they, Ghostbusters. They actually counsel ghosts. Like, is... no, they go in and, and try and find like the ghosts in your house. Oh, okay. Invest. Yeah. This is a real thing. Oh, that people no, do. yeah, totally. Because that's, that's like, like what uh, Bill Murray was in Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. I, th- yeah. I thought he was a. No, he's a parapsychologist. He was a they pi- all are. Parapsychiatrist. Look so, at this. We're already talking about Ghostbusters. Like. Oh, man. Okay, so we'll move it along here. So um, they get parapsychologists to come to the house in both movies. Uh, both movies, parapsychologists stick around. They see a bunch of stuff that scares them. And in both movies, they go, we need somebody, somebody who really knows what they're doing. So then they go get the expert, like the cleaner, they call it. They, they, they use that term in both movies. And it's like somebody who can come and cleanse the house. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's dealt with like a really angry, they're like, oh, your house isn't haunted. It's a demon. It's like a poltergeist, and it, it's not going to leave. Like, if you leave the house, it'll just follow you. We need somebody to come here and get this done. So, in the in the original one, and this is the only other person who's in all three original poltergeists. Her name is Tangina. <laughs> She's like that four foot three, like weird voice yeah, woman. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You'd know if you saw her. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, kind of a iconic figure in in those movies. So, in in this new one, though, it's this. Old, this is a guy who does, has one of those like ghost hunting reality shows, mm. and he's famous. And at the beginning of the movie, the girl, the teenage daughter, is it watching like Ghostbusters too to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's watching his show, and immediately I'm like, that guy's gonna be in the movie. That's why they're showing this. And then she's like, oh, let's call this guy. And then they call this goofball guy to come and do his reality bullcrap. So anyway, he and then it turns out he, him and this parapsychologist check were like. Married at some point. It was really weird. I don't uh, know. Anyway, wait, it was like, like this. Is that a plot point from the original as well? Like the the TV thing? The, uh, not at all. Okay. No, 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 no. That's she's a new one. this woman. I think she's she's well known, but she's yeah, she's not like a TV star. No, I yeah, I, I just yeah. mean like this whole plot line with the TV yeah. reality show. Is that in the original eighties no. Ghostbusters? No. Movie? Okay. And this is them again trying to make it more modern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's their their attempt to make it more modern and relatable to yeah. today's. We didn't have TVs in the 80s, so they didn't have the uh, convenience of writing excellent ideas like that back then. Yeah. Now we can really surpass those idiots. So what what doesn't make sense is when they so they move the family moves into this house in the new one, right? They move in, and all of a sudden it's just haunted, and you're like, what the heck? What's going on here? There, there's just not really any rationale. And the thing is, is the the plot point, which is misunderstood. A lot of people think. it's like an Indian burial ground that the houses are built on, and that's not actually true. It, but in pop culture, everybody just kind of assumes that. They actually say in both movies, the words, oh, it's at least it's not an Indian burial ground are actually said. <laughs> yeah. So it's a joke, but people took it. Because yeah, it was like weird. Yeah, yeah. It's not. Like so the what happens in the original is, so this family in the original, I'm going to call the dad coach, because he's the guy, Craig T. Nelson, <laughs> he played coach. Yeah, yeah. And so he he is like a land, like a real estate developer, and he is part of developing this complex. So his house was first, It's it's been developed, so there's a lot of houses now, but his was the very first one. They It was the first one that was put there like four or five years before. He's walking around with his boss, and his boss kind of 
reveals at one point, oh, yeah, it was built. There used to be a cemetery where he houses. And he's like, what? He's like, yeah, don't worry. We move the bodies. These kind of points, like, to the other side of town. He's like, it's in a nicer area. It's all good. Like, It is a burial ground. Yeah. So he's like, oh, okay. So then things get a little crazy near the end of the movie. Um, there's this really riveting scene where the all hell breaks loose. And the mom's running outside, and she slips and falls into the their pool that was just being built. So um, it's all like wet and muddy oh, and right. all these skeletons come out and start like grabbing her and stuff. The and that, and that's when you realize awesome. there's bodies down here. What the heck? And then the uh, same thing happens to Craig it's T. Nelson. It's the pool that awakened them. Yeah. So, no. The zombie pool party. We hate swimmers. <laughs> it's a commentary on swimming. So she, coach, come, coach comes back and his his boss is with him, and he grabs him. He's like, "You didn't move the bodies," because he clues in because he runs up to the house, and these sweet these sweet effects come like skeletons just start popping out of the ground, like you're at like a haunted house when you're a kid, and like in tomb, and they're like in their coffins and stuff. It's so sweet, and that's when you're like, Wait, "This oh, okay. is good." I thought this movie sucked. No, this is the original one. Oh, I'm talking, about, um, I'm talking yeah. about Coach here. Coach is running okay, around. Sorry, sorry. So anyway. Um, you're like, oh, holy cow! This is this is crazy. Like this is again, if you knew nothing about the movie going into it, that's it's really powerful. And in this original one, they get this, they get reality, or sorry, in the new one, they get the reality show guy on, and he walks around the house and goes, oh, okay, yeah, this is pretty haunted. And the dad's <laughs> like, the dad's like, yeah, at our dinner party the other night, the because the they went to their neighbor's dinner party and they were talking about, oh, you know, your house is built on a old burial ground <laughs> so they're like super creeped out and he's like yeah dude, you know this is we were just told this the other night and he just goes with no information or anything he goes you know they probably didn't move the bodies and that's it <laughs> and you're just supposed to believe that the bodies are still there and then they, they they assume that the rest of the movie and then at the end of the movie the dad's running out and like these cgi skeletons uh, pop out mm. it's so brutal so you're like oh yeah there's dead bodies but like it was just the reveal was just so poor. So like, do you feel that the eighties like one looked better? Oh yeah, like, it, it looked even, great. Oh, yeah. it, it holds up. It's, it's so oh, good. Okay, that's great. All there's a lot of cool practical effects with with like the ghosts attacking them and stuff. It's it's pretty cool. Okay, that's rad. Um, so why the haunting doesn't make sense though is because the family moves in and like they're brand new and all of a sudden it's just haunted and you're again at the end you, you realize oh yeah it's built on Indian burial ground or a regular burial ground no Indians. <laughs> and no homo no no no, no. take it out and the, the thing in the original was they you find out because carol ann was actually born in the house when she like the mom went into labor and, and gave birth to so her in is the, house. the new one supposed to take place at a different time period like yeah it's just 30, a, it's, it's 30, a brand new movie 30 years later kind no of thing? brand new no, movie it doesn't exist in reboot, the same like reboot oh okay brand so, new story okay cool just same title um, so Caroline's actually born in the house in the original. So the spirits that are there are kind of dormant at the time, but they they develop an attachment to her because of that. So then, as she grows older, they kind of cling themselves to her, and it's kind of it's kind of hinted that like there was always something there. She's just a kid, and she doesn't know much though, right? And it so it gets stronger and stronger. But the spirits kind of attach themselves to her, and that's why. In this original one, there's. It's just a family moves into a new house, and then inexplicably, all these things happen. So, so is she like a ch- is this like a chosen one trope? Yeah, the the, the <laughs> psychologist oh, no. reveals, oh, Madison has these abilities, and she might is nothing even comes to that. It's retarded. And yeah, she puts on some sunglasses, starts ninja kicking the, <laughs> the ghost. Yeah, yeah, like that. I've seen this trend come like more lately too, with like the idea that it's like this horror movie. Like I remember. It, 
I, I remember more in, in Carrie too, like the one with the the newer one. Yeah, where it's like she Ugh. gets these powers. Like the kids are too in control of their powers, like they're superheroes mm-hmm. instead of like, like I, I mean, it wasn't totally the case in that one because she was a little frightened. But but it's like, um, I see this a lot, like more lately, where yeah, the kid. It's like what's great about it is when you have this kid who's like just out of control to themselves, even, sure. and 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 they're they're having these things yeah. happen. So you have this kid who's like, oh yeah, she's special and it's like you know like the matrix that kid bending the spoon or something like that's the kid like it's like doesn't it's not good in horror movies like i really don't like it it's not and carol with carol ann in the original it's kind of it's kind of implied that she does have some sort of connection but you're like okay you're led you're it's explained that because she was born there they have an attachment in the later poltergeist movies it's kind of revealed that like the women in her family do have some sort of you're talking about the sequels right now, Poltergeist yeah, 2 and 3? 2 and 3, okay. it's more so implied, like, you, you meet the grandmother briefly, and you get to know the mom more, and it's implied that they have some sort of pass through the women, some sort of, like, mild um, psychic abilities. It's mildly but it's implied. not. Yeah, but it's not, um, it's not a the focal point. point. No, yeah. and it's it, it doesn't affect the movies negatively, where in this new one, it's just like a, oh, here's something cool, and that's it. <laughs> anyway, so that's what, that pissed me off about the new one, is that, like the original, there was sort of an explanation for why the ghosts came up when they did and why they were attached to her. Because in this new one, they're attached to, to Madison, but they, they basically have to give the reason that she has these psychic abilities. Um, that's why they attached to her, because they're, 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 they're stuck in limo and they're looking for a way out and they can't, so they latch onto her. Anyway, um, the other thing that's missing in this new one is the original had some really good social commentary. So in the original one... Love my social commentary. Yeah. In the original one, the the um, like the notion of a expanding a living community and disrespecting the dead at the expense of gaining wealth is it's right that's right in front of you. That becomes like a focal point. Like at the end, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's this is something that the writers were trying to get right. across. Um, and it, at one point, Coach, the dad. He was, he's on his bed reading a book near the beginning. And it's, uh, what was it? I have the, the name written. It was Reagan. Yeah, it was like this Reagan book. I guess I didn't get the name of it. But it was this Reagan book. And I was like, oh, Reagan. All right. Here we go. Yeah. And I, But I was like, you know, there's probably something here I'm not picking up on us being up here in Canada. I don't know a whole lot about, you know, especially 80s American politics and stuff. So I did a little, you know, did a little reading just to see if there was something there that, uh, or, or, or not there. And... Um, so I pulled this from a uh, a website. Uh, it's reflections reflections on film and television blogspot.ca. And um, basically, what they what they expanded on as part of this movie was the economic policy of Reagan uh, stressed personal wealth at the expense of uh, at the expense of morality. Um, the spirits used TV to access and communicate to the girl as well, possibly symbolizing. Uh, the evils of overconsumption of TV and that kind of thing. Because back in the 80s, not everyone had a TV. Mm-hmm. A lot more people did at that point compared to like the 60s. But TVs uh, were slowly becoming more popular. So that was also part of it. But uh, a big part of Reagan's economics is that basically greed is good. Right. And mm-hmm. that was it. So that was that was kind of like just thrown in the background, which is kind of cool. And this new one, that it's not there. It's, it's just, just like this family. Well, it's because Ronald Reagan's already yeah, dead. Yeah, because the, the, the home's already there. <laughs> the, the dad's not responsible for the home being there. It's just a haunted house. Does Ronald Reagan have a son? He probably believes we got to get that guy in this movie. That's how this Poltergeist <laughs> would have been a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, it just sounds like... Ronald W. Reagan. <laughs> this, is, this is classic like remake of an yeah. 80s or 70s movie where it's like 
like th- that kind of commentary was like pretty rampant. Like even in like the biggest movies, like you know, mm. like RoboCop and, and and other movies. Totally. Like there was always some, even if it was at the forefront or not. Like there was always some kind of like underlaying commentary mm-hmm. and then when they remake it it's like uh just none of that let's take it all yeah <laughs> nothing or it's like kind we'll of replace forced, that with or it's kind just, of forced in for like an issue that is not that relevant or not very insightful i mean a lot of the times yeah. with the remix they'll just they'll shoehorn in like maybe a slight reference to it in the older ones yeah maybe or like from the older ones uh maybe and that'll be it because mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like nowadays blockbusters aren't trying to make any kind of like thoughtful it definitely uh, doesn't stick with media. You. No, like I like I try to think about these remakes and the new Ghostbusters and all these things, and it's like, mm-hmm. did, were they? I'm sure they tried to put some sort of commentary. I can't remember mm, what probably they might not. Have. Mm-hmm. It depends, yeah. but probably not. I don't know. I just feel like they would shoehorn it. Like they're just gonna go on Reddit and see whatever is like the most popular issue and try to shoehorn that in there, like somewhere. Yeah, if if at all. So yeah, I mean, at the end of this new one, it's like you're you're like, oh, poor family. But at the end of the old one, I'm like, oh, poor family. But that's what you get for being a greedy jerk. And there's sort of a moral, a bit of a moral there, which is cool. Right. Um, the so the other thing I want to touch on quick is um, re- remakes in general are really stupid. You no, I don't understand the point of it because like you, when you do a remake or a reboot or whatever, you risk alienating an existing fan base at the cost of uh, gaining more fans. So you, you either like in this case, you either stick too close to Poltergeist to the original, and people criticize you for not being original, or you stray too far off. And, and people, people say, "Yeah, why? Why'd you call ba- this? blasphemy?" And they're well, like, "You well, just why'd you call it Poltergeist? Just call it something else because yeah. it's just not the same." So already, you're as a creative person, I'm like, "Why would you go down that road? It's so sketchy." And I mean, other than money, well, I was about to say, motivator. like, they're not trying to do it as a creative person. They're just seeing that, like, oh, this is a name that uh, people recognize. It has an already established fan base. Let's. Uh, bring this back and like just by the name alone poltergeist or any of these get, remakes like you'll get a certain like almost guaranteed uh, number of seats sold like that is yeah. all they're looking for and you're fucking lucky if there's someone behind that film uh, that has any kind of passion toward actually making <laughs> yeah like a it's new version never of it or case. whatever yeah almost never like almost I, never. I can't think of any off the top of my head I'm maybe sure like is, the, but the new evil dead maybe but. They were try- definitely trying. So I was gonna say, yeah. like, a way to do a remake like that is to, like to almost do the same story, but in a completely different tone. Like with that new Evil Dead remake, uh, which I wasn't huge into, but it's not a bad movie. Like the original Evil Dead's were like super campy and and B movie, and and especially Evil Dead Two, and then really getting an Army of Darkness, like really like comedic. And this new one was like same story as Evil Dead, but just played like very like a dark legit horror and movie. very yeah. serious. So it's like. I think that's a better way to do a remake. Like it's yeah, the it's same. The characters have been it's good the in that same movie, story, it but it's good. like completely different tone and 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 agenda as to what they're trying to portray. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a better way to do it. Not that I, I still am kind of against remakes, but that's a better yeah. approach than just like I oh, just take the same fucking script, erase the names, put different names in it, throw in like a couple flat screen TVs and iPods, and boom, you're done. Like, yeah. like just modernize it. Like yeah. Ooh. Yeah, basically. So, but the one one thing that is good about remakes, we wouldn't have movies like The Fly. Um, we wouldn't have Maniac. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, we wouldn't have The Fly uh, is perhaps the greatest remake of all time. Yeah, we wouldn't have uh, 
Battlestar Galactica, the 2000s version. That was pretty oh, sweet. Oh, yay. Or, or other classics. Not, I wouldn't want to miss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got other, there's other good ones, too. They got like uh, Ghostbusters that came out this year. Uh, yeah. yeah. Robocop in 2014. Total Recall in 2012. The Parent Trap. Wait, total was the 2012 Total Recall good? It was awful. Quano's oh, right. not even in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, it they, had a, they had a three boob chick, though, didn't they? Yeah. Four, I, I showed up like, like 10 minutes later. People like They shoehorned it right at the beginning, oh, apparently, and I missed really? it. Yeah, they like, knew what people were coming for. <laughs> people like the three boob chick. Well, in the remake, we should make a 10 boob yeah, chick. She, They'll like yeah. it. I don't know. I haven't seen the remake. But did, it's I'm brutal, getting sidetracked here, but did she have more than three boobs? This is an important question. I don't know. I didn't see it. He missed it. Ah, damn. And uh, the best remake I can think of, uh, other than The Parent Trap, oh. is Flubber. It was apparently a remake. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all I got to say about Poltergeist. Uh, horror remakes are the worst. Usually, um, usually, yeah. The, yeah. Well, the Evil Dead. Well, the Evil Dead's good. And me and Andy were just watching Ash versus Evil Dead, the TV that's show. That's pretty sweet. That's which a little is different. An awesome TV show. Like, yeah. I re- I really like it. So, I mean, it's still. I won't get too sidetracked, but it, sure. it can sometimes be okay. You can yeah. revisit things in certain ways, but like the typical Hollywood blockbuster is just—it's always a clear yeah. cash grab, like ninety-nine point nine. Yeah, it's never of the somebody with vision. No, never. and this, yeah, that, and I yeah. think that's the main thing that's lacking from it. Because yeah. Like, yeah, the both yeah, the Evil Dead and the Ash versus Evil Dead, both of them have a really clear vision yeah. that like you can tell watching it. And yeah, it doesn't sound like yeah. Poltergeist did. I doubt the Parent Trap had a no lot of vision. And the new Blair Witch did not have vision. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. all I'll say. Yeah, have to we'll touch on that one later, but <laughs> it's another good and most hated movie. So I wanted to kind of mention like what we're trying to do with this podcast is uh, we were a bunch of movie nerds, but it's like we don't want that this is only appealing to people who are movie nerds like it's like i i think that like i've shown we did some pilot episodes i've shown a few people who aren't movie nerds at all who found them like entertaining and i think that that's like that's what we want to do with with this podcast more that like anybody can hop in and it's like mm-hmm. you might learn a few th- tricks about film here and there um but it's like yeah so if you're a movie nerd being oh they're not talking about uh the rule of thirds and uh <laughs> <laughs> the cinematography like 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 this is not this is not for you if that's what you want out of a movie podcast. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we benefit from being the world's only uh, movie podcast. Yeah, but it's like, not I, a lot of competition like, does help. I, yeah, I just, I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I just wouldn't find it fun to be, like, try and put myself in out there into the world as, like, this expert on, like, an, oh, like, like, movie analysis. Like, I'm sure I could have a go at it, but I like I, I don't have the will for it. I just get bored and disinterested immediately. I'm yeah. a lazy guy too, so so I feel like that's the best way to to give an idea on our first episode of of what we're doing, which you probably already have an idea of. So I have my a friend of mine. I'm gonna call him my big movie nerd friend, uh, who I who I talk with. So I, I had showed him one of our early episodes, and and this, that was his complaint. He says you guys aren't talking about movies at all. Like I'm not hearing anything's about uh, lighting frequency. Kelvin degrees mm-hmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's like and, and he, he just didn't get it because it's just like he wants this like super artsy art house whatever analysis stuff and that's not what's going on here. Uh, so. I, I think like most uh, great podcasts and we wanted to bring this into the movie universe because there's no other movie podcast out there um, 
it, it's like just a conversation you'd have with friends. Like you're yeah. not going to sit around. Most people aren't going to sit yeah, around unless with, you're a with, nerd with friends and, and, and every single movie talking about like the finer, like deeper philosophical points. Like, oh, this is just like a, a stupid conversation with some friends that maybe have some insights into movies. Yeah. But it's, it's just like, yeah, a conversation with friends. So that's what you can yeah. expect with, with some real men. Yeah, life. that's right. We've definitely uh, over the years have made a habit of watching bad movies on purpose and just going to town on them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty fun. So we like we like to rip on stuff. So yeah, and that's where that's where this came out of. So yeah, uh, Andy, what is your most hated movie of ever the week? Of... ever uh, the week? My most hated movie ever of, of the week. week of uh, the week. I don't know. Can we get like a uh, a tone for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't need to do that. Some of the week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, mine is Star Wars Episode <gasps> Six: Return of the Jedi. That's right, fucking nerds. <gasps> like, oh! I ain't going for no necessarily easy choice. Like you know, everyone shits on the prequels, and as they should. And I, you could easily bring uh, this in, but Spock is rolling in his grave. If you, if, if, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, prequel. If you uh, want to crap on the prequels, just go watch the Red Letter Media review on them. Yeah, we don't need to bring it in here. It's been done, and I, I can't th- say anything about them better than than they have. So, and do you, and do, others do you want to well. hear about the life of Jesus? I could talk about it here, but really, just go read it in like that one book where it's mostly like really thoroughly covered. So, if you want to thoroughly cover the prequels, go see the Red Letter Media one. Yeah. Anyway. Back to what's most important here, me. No, I don't want to hear you. Let's just <laughs> let's just watch the Red Letter Media review for the rest of this episode. <laughs> we'll just record us watching the watching yeah, yeah. the blanket reviews, just laughing. At all the I'm all right with that. Um, so yeah, just a, a quick plot synopsis of the story in Return of the Jedi for those who may not have seen it and don't know what's going on in the movie. The year is 1981. Following the success of two Star Wars critical and box office smashes, George Lucas sits atop his castle, counting seemingly endless piles of money and autographed pictures of himself. One of his henchmen enters to inform him that he needs to begin writing for the next Star Wars installment. After immediately firing said henchman, a moment of panic sets upon him. Do I have what it takes to top Empire and a new hope? He ponders. Or shall I begin in a series of bad decisions and shoehorn in some dancing teddy bears and show the world what it really means to cash in? Ah! <laughs> uh, will George Lucas and his band of yes men come together and learn to work as a team and actually find something for all the characters to do that isn't completely stupid or pointless? No, he doesn't. He fails miserably. Um, look, you all know what the fucking plot is for Return of the Jedi. Everyone's seen it, and if you haven't... The Jedi comes back, right? Yeah, he returns. He returns. It's the return of the Jedi. There you go. Sounds pretty good. I don't need to tell you what the plot synopsis is. My, my grounds for hating on this movie, because uh, it's, you know, obviously there are the, the, the prequels and worse Star Wars movie, but this movie, like... I've, it, it gets some unnecessary love. Like, I've talked to people, like Star Wars fans, about the original trilogy and everything that say Return of the Jedi is their favorite. They're idiots. Ooh. And that's, like, fucking crazy to me because, like, it's it's a fine movie and, and whatever, but, like, to call it, like, better than Empire is fucking madness. Like, Empire Strikes Back. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I can see where some people have an argument 
for a new hope being the best. That's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still, I think it's a little crazy, but it's not outlandish. Like, like to me, Empire is just like one of the greatest sequels and greatest movies ever made. And I'm not a star Wars diehard person, despite the rant I'm about to go on for the next 20 minutes or so. Um, something wrong there, Muller. (laughs) Our audio engineer is distraught. Sorry. Just continue on. Um, so yeah, but then like I've talked to people saying that Return of the Jedi is is their favorite, and it's like, <laughs> ugh, like it's easily, 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 easily the worst of the original trilogy. Oh yeah, hands down, like no um, contest. And my argument that I'm going to try and present here, because most people, other than the dumb fuck prequel apologists, uh, would agree <laughs> that the prequels are full of like. Uh, just poor decisions, bad writing, like dumb characters, and uh, like you don't like with no logic and like. Yeah. And I, my argument here with Return of the Jedi is that it's it's the bridge between the greatness of the original trilogy and the poorness sure. of of the prequel trilogy. Like this is the movie where you can start to see the bad train of thought coming like and and poor decisions coming from George Lucas and co uh, that's that led to uh, the eventual uh, prequel releases. So the first thing I want to bring up here, and this is just, this is just a great case and a great thing like this. This seems like a scene that would be in the prequels because of how little it makes sense. And like the poor logic of all the characters I want to bring up, it's the very beginning of the movie, is the Han Solo escape plan. And some people might look at what I'm about to say as like fairly nitpicky and whatever, because it's like, oh, you know, it's just like a five minute, five minutes intro of the movie that's a, a fun little escape thing. Like you're just nitpicking and breaking it down too much. But it is not five minutes of the movie. It's actually like if you go back and watch it, it's like very close to 40 minutes. It's like 39 <laughs> minutes or something. So this takes up oh, a large lot. fucking yeah. chunk of the movie is the Han Solo escape plan. So for those of you that don't remember, and at the end of Empire Strikes Back, uh, Han Solo gets frozen, suspended in carbonite or whatever, and given to uh, Jabba the Hutt. So they got to go rescue him to tie up that loose end that they clearly didn't know how to answer when they wrote it. They pulled a bit of a Damon Lindelof there. Um, <laughs> so the problem I have uh, with this Han Solo escape plan uh, is that like, the plan ends up working in the end, and I know some people might criticize me for that because it's like, well, it ended up working in the end. But if you actually break down, like, try and break down what the actual plan was that they were hoping to accomplish, like, it makes no sense at all. And there's like a billion and ten fail points that could have just gone, hor- that could have and should have gone horribly for these characters. So that, that, that's the breakdown of, of, of what's bad about this scene. But I'm, I'm going to break this, this, this scene down kind of point for point as, as quickly and efficiently as possible. There's just a few main, like, points uh, I like my podcast sufficient and <laughs> That's quick. Right. Let's get it by the buck here. Um, so the first point of their plan uh, is that R2-D2 and C-3PO, the lovable ragtag robot duo, um, <laughs> they arrive at Jabba's palace uh, with a message for Jabba from Luke Skywalker. And so, like, and then when they show the message... It's it's a hologram of Luke saying like, hey, I want uh, I want to talk to you, uh, Jabba, about my friend Han, and uh, I just want an audience with you. Uh, take these two droids as a token of my goodwill. 
So he's giving away R2-D2 and C-3PO just to talk to Jabba the Hutt. Now, this is cumbersome for a couple of reasons. Like, at this point in the movie, like, it's really unclear as to whether he intended for this to be a token of goodwill or just part of some confusing rescue plan. You don't really know. But, like, knowing that, it's like, at this point in the series, R2-D2 and C-3PO... Like they tr- like even though they're robots, they they talk to them and kind of treat them like friends as much as they are uh, servants. Like three PO, they, they call them three PO, and R R two as he like sprays yeah, yeah. smoke or whatever. It's you know this wacky, lovable droid. Like they are as much friends as they are servants, and and I'm to think that he's just gonna give them away to this awful gangster not knowing at all what he would do with them when like later, like later in the scene, it shows them that that Jabba has this big, like robot, like factory pit where like they just take in robots and strip them for parts and shit. And it's like, (laughs) you were going to do this to your lovable friends, R2 and 3PO. Like, (laughs) like, like was this part of some scheme? Like what exactly was the purpose of putting two friends in such danger? And I'm going to come back to both R2 and uh, 3PO. Uh, shortly because it comes into their plan later on but the point is like like if this was part of their plan or just part like trying to get an audience with jabba like they really put their good buddies like in a horrible amount of danger because they had no Mm -hmm. idea what he would do with them now the next point in their plan is uh princess leia arrives but she's disguised uh, as a bounty hunter which i'm sure has a name that all the nerds collect figurines of i don't know what it is but she's disguised as a bounty hunter, and she's captured Han Solo's uh, good friend Chewbacca, an- another enemy of Jabba, I guess. Um, and she's, she's bringing Chewbacca in as a pretend prisoner, and she demands a price uh, for to hand over Chewbacca, which Jabba of of Jabba the Hutt eventually accepts. What exactly? Again, what exactly was the purpose of this point of the plan? Because like this is another case of like, you had no fucking clue what Jabba was going to do with Chewbacca. What if he's like, yeah, fucking slit his throat and just drain his blood, like down this fucking pit. Like, <laughs> maybe then, like, poor Chewbacca. Yeah, they, <laughs> they skin him and put him in, chop him up, put him in some soup. Like, like if yeah. this was just so like they could, they could sneak into Jabba's place to have like an in, like an inside man sort in of thing. Yeah. Like, could you have possibly maybe done it in a way that didn't put Chewbacca in a fucking prison or possibly have his fucking like neck cut open or yeah. whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever they might do to him? Cause you don't know. Like yeah. you have no idea what they they're going to do with him. The force. At the very least, he's going to be locked up. So it's like, what good is having a fucking in person who's like handcuffed it's and the shit. The midichlorians, you dummy. Um, but then again, it's like if, if this was just a plan to have another in with Jabba to have, you know, bounty hunter Leia, in there it's like what what the point what the fuck was the point in having luke plant the droids like what were they doing what were the droids doing as an inside person that that coincides with having leia as another inside person which i guess chewbacca (laughs) as an inside person but he's locked up in a fucking prison and they maybe might kill him 
<laughs> and then this gets even more perplexing when it's then revealed, I think when, when, Leia, when, when it shows Leia arrive, that Lando Calrissian, Han Solo's friend from Empire Strikes Back, he's, he's also trying to help, but he's already snuck in there and he's disguised as one of uh, Jabba's like, henchmen. Uh, yeah. So it's like, He's got those weird horns on his face. Or yeah, something. yeah. So they already had Lando in there. What the fuck was Lando doing there? Like, <laughs> he's not doing anything. He doesn't help them go in. Like, he's just basically helping Jabba do his yeah. like, daily routine and whatnot. Like, why the fuck do they need this many in people that don't seem to be coordinating with each other <laughs> in the slightest? Like, <laughs> like, did they really need this many plants to hatch a plan that just ends up being them like brawling their way out of it? Um, so anyway, so Leia's in there, and in the middle of the night, while everyone's asleep, uh, she tries she tries to rescue Han Solo, who's like mounted on the wall in this big thing of stone. So hours go by now. Yeah, at this point, at this point, some hours uh, oh, go by. Oh, wow. you're like, right, man. Whole, like, who knows what they would have done? To the you. whole gang is like oh. sleeping. Yeah, it's like who knows what they would have done to Chewbacca, and and, and who and the, the fuck robots, knows what yeah. what Lando was even doing. Oh, um, wow. Okay. So she tries to she tries to or she does she like she unfreezes or whatever that would be called. She unfreezes Han Solo in the middle of the night and gets caught immediately <laughs> doing this. <laughs> like That's she right. gets caught. Instantly, Isn't it like, like a curtain comes back and just everyone's yeah, that's standing exactly what there, happens. like watching her. That's exactly what happens, wow. and it's like so. How did what? You know that? What the fuck? Again, coming back to it. <laughs> it's just like what? all you have to say about this. What the? Fuck? This part of it, yeah. It's like what was the point in having all of these plants if Leia was just going to try and unfreeze him in the middle of the night with none of their help none of them help her do this, and she gets caught immediately. So they're not even like trying to distract him or whatever. Like, none of them seem to be working together at all. She just does this on her own. And, like, again, it's like, what was their plan from the get-go? That's what I'm trying to argue in this whole thing. So, finally, um, Luke Skywalker actually arrives. This is, like, the next day. Um, he's already thrown Han Solo into the prison uh, with uh, Chewbacca. Thank God he didn't just slit their throats. Our lovable Han Solo and Chewbacca. Um, so, Luke already arrives the next day. Uh, to come in and negotiate with Jabba himself. Um, and Luke enters this place. He's allowed to just walk into the in Jabba the Hutt's place because he pulls a Jedi mind trick on his doorman. So why did he have to give R2-D2 and C-3PO away as a token of goodwill to grant an audience if he can just magician his way into these things? <laughs> like, <laughs> what was the point in risking their fucking lives? Like, did, was it... Like you said, there was not a lot of coordination, and like I did watch it recently, but I'm just trying to remember. Like, was there? Did R two D two and C P three P O really have like any orders to do anything? No, at it's all? actually like quite clear when they're listening to the hologram that neither R two D two and C three P O even have, knew that have even heard it because yeah, C three P O is like when he hears I'm an Luke, ambassador when he you know? hears Luke say like, uh, "Take these droids as a token of my goodwill" or whatever. Three P O is like. What, what he does this like moment of panic thing so it doesn't even seem like they knew that this was going to be how, happening yeah, how are they going to I know they were help, eventually helpful at some point I think I will get to that because yeah. that gets a little ridiculous but like it seems like it doesn't seem like a well coordinated plan when it's like two of your plants who are in hideous danger or potential danger I have no idea what's going so on I just, want, I just want to reveal something for all you dummies listening here if you have a movie where it seems like the character is doing something really stupid like this, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really end up being for any reason, what you're really thinking is, 
the writers are very stupid. <laughs> so I just want to make that clear. It's like the, the writers wrote that this would happen. So if it's really stupid, they are really stupid. Well, or, the, or they did something. Yeah, they, like they, the f- this is a blunder. You can't separate the two. The frustrating part while watching this, because remember, it's like 40 minutes. It's not like five minutes or anything. Like The frustrating part while watching this is that it's... Like all these things I'm talking about, like asking, like what was, what were they doing? Like what was Lando doing? What was three PO doing? Blah blah blah. Um, it's confusing while watching. It's like it doesn't feel like it's part of some grand scheme. So you're like, is this? If this isn't part of some grand scheme, like what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> yeah, like, they're just like. So, um. So just to like just to quickly finish off with what I was saying there. Um. Obviously, a writer can write a stupid character who's intentionally stupid. Like that's his character trait mm-hmm. or whatever. But when you have like a thing like this whole play, like you said, look, what is going on? Why is this plan going so haywire? It's like, you've got two options to conclude here. Either the writers pers- purposely wrote this confusing plan. Uh, and they're like, Oh yeah, we meant it to be that way. In mm-hmm. which case, uh, the real flaw of that writer is to say, well, you are so stupid that you don't realize that nobody wants to see this like no, like nobody wants to watch Ocean's Retarded, where like you know George yeah. Clooney breaks into the bank and he just does a terrible job and nothing good comes. Like you want to watch them do something yeah. cool. It, That's what's fun to watch. It would have been fun if they had like this confusing plot line that the audience or the confusing plan, seemingly confusing plan that the audience doesn't necessarily know. But you're and then watching it all it, comes together. Yeah, you're in watching this it way. unfold, and you're like, oh, like that's what. Yeah. How clever of them to sneak three PO in there. None of that happens. It's yeah. just like it's all just like. Why? Why did he put three there? He doesn't do anything. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, the other option is that you could write this confusing plan, and uh, maybe the movie is about these boneheaded characters who seem to get themselves into these weird scenarios. And you have something greater to say beyond yeah. the plan. You know, that's not the focal but point of it. Is, but that's uh, just, just just for this is you know, I want the education part here. So sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Um, so yeah. So continue on. I, so so yeah. Luke is, is speaking with with Jabba, and he tricks his way in using a Jedi mind trick uh, that Jabba doesn't fall for because whatever. I guess his race is immune to it. I don't know. Who cares? Star Wars nerd shit. Um, so. Luke immediately, or, or Luke tries to negotiate with Jabba, but his whole thing is just like, give me Han Solo or perish. And like, that's his whole negotiation. <laughs> He's clearly outnumbered. Like, Luke so Skywalker like not... is, is no one to Jabba. Like, doesn't mean anything. He's just some fucking gangster. On Who some says he's a desert. Jedi? Who couldn't even do mind control on him? Yeah. <laughs> but so naturally, these negotiations immediately failed because all he did was threaten his life surrounded by all his fucking goons. Um, now, this is a key moment. When, when the negotiation fails and they're like, uh, get him guys or whatever like luke skywalker he doesn't he busts out a weapon that's not his lightsaber he like it's just a stolen blaster he does like the 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 force grab thing right the telekinetic force grab thing and grabs some guy's gun and starts to try and shoot his way out but he's surrounded by like 50 people so it's like again i'm coming back to the question what the fuck was luke's plan here he's just gonna come in and be like if you don't do what i want i'll kill you all but and like, he assumed he would definitely say yes like, oh we don't, need, we don't need a backup plan this one is solid man like yeah like his plan was he's gonna just, be pissing his pants here his plan was just to shoot his way out so and i'll bring that back what's the fucking point of all these plants if you're just gonna be like give me what i want and then die or or die and then when that fails, I'll just shoot my way out. And none of my friends are able to help me because I put them in hideous... Because well, two of them are, are lumbering robots that can't really fight. And like the other ones, it's like, ah, well, Chewbacca's naturally put in a prison because you gave him away as a prisoner. Like, There's no way he was going to be able to help. Like, 
what the fuck was your plan? <laughs> like, your plan was just to shoot everyone. This, this, your, your clever, like wise Jedi protagonist. He just comes in and threatens, and he's just going to try and shoot his way out of a situation that you could no way possibly shoot your way out of. Like, so he starts shooting. Does anybody like? Because he's surrounded by guys. Does nobody else have a gun to shoot him back with? I don't recall, but guys, they, they like... easily overpower him, and that's when they throw him into. The Rancor. Right. Pit. Okay. I really hate that I know some of the names of these fucking Oh, things, you nerd. Yeah. Nerd. Get him, guys. I deserve, I, I deserve <laughs> all of that. Let's get this nerd. Nice so anyway, glasses. Now that they have all of these inside people on their plan and they're all captured as prisoners, <laughs> every so like brilliant, brilliant fucking plan. Every last fucking one of them is a prisoner now, other than Lando. Ooh, he's just kind of there. But the rest of them, prisoners. <laughs> He's got a cool mask, though. So instead of just, like, their Han Solo escape plan, instead of having just Han Solo as, as a prisoner, all of them are prisoners now. <laughs> so you're thinking, like, well, what are they going to do from here? Yeah, they're really Maybe up they're, to something. Yeah, they'll pull really, out a grenade. Really, really up to something. Blow up the airplane. Yeah. So now that everyone's captured, other than Lando, um, all of them, every single one of them, or no, all of them except for Leia, and the robots are sentenced to death by being pushed into a giant vagina sand monster thing. <laughs> it looks like a spiky vagi- giant vagina in the middle of, of Digest the you just like a real woman over the course of a thousand years. Again, I sadly know that it's called a Sarlacc pit. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Mm-hmm. Let's get this guy into our locker. Get in that locker. You, you got nerd. an extra pocket protector over there? <laughs> Andy, give me your homework. How do you keep the ink out of your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, it's just smart. You better have my homework by next Tuesday, boy. <laughs> so yeah, all of them are sentenced to death, other than the robots who are just uh, kept as butlers, and Leia, who's kept as like a sex slave or something. They put her in that slutty, that iconic oh, yeah, slutty outfit. Yeah. Uh, who's yeah, it's just his his rape puppet now, I guess. Like I I, I don't even know. Like yeah, it's. Yeah. So yeah, really risky scenario they've gotten themselves into here. They're, they're going to be raped. That Luke like. has gotten them into yeah. <laughs> more <Yeah>. like. <laughs> um, so the plan here is it's almost like a like that. Who class. is that guy's father? Who Luke's? <laughs> who, who let him make these poor decisions? <laughs> um, so it goes into like uh, with the prisoners. Their their classic plan to to be rid of them is is the. Uh, the walking the plank, like you know, like yeah, the pirates would push classic them off, pirate into trope. shark into shark water or whatever. Using just another pirate trope in this movie, we've been using those for five hundred yeah. years. But instead of you know a water full of sharks, it's a it's a sandy vagina. We're gonna push them into that instead. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Luke is just about to be pushed off of the plank, and it's like literally like walking the plank. There's a little plank he's walking down, and he signals to R two D two. To, who's who's watching from like another ship, like just like I don't know, fifty feet away or something. That's like that's where Jabba is, and so Luke signals to R two D two to launch him up and throw him his lightsaber. So this seemingly the, plan the whole time. Seemingly R2-D2 like this him. was part of the plan. Now this is problematic for a couple of reasons. Like, why was it necessary to have R two D two? holding his lightsaber, especially, especially when, again, there was a scene when they give the droids away where they show them going through this like processing thing as to what they're going to do with the droids. And some of the droids in the background are being like torn apart and tortured yeah. and ripped for pieces. What if they had like, they're like, ah, oh, yes, we don't need another uh, R2 unit. Just uh, strip it for parts. And they open it up and they're like, oh, hey, a lightsaber. Who, yeah, this who, is who awesome. Put this, who put this in there? Like, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way of Luke knowing that that wouldn't happen. And it's probably much better for Luke to just 
have the fucking lightsaber on him. Was there a scene where they search him or something, Luke? They no, because because do, they, they, I think it, it might have led toward that, and but he immediately tries to start shooting everyone. I, I do want to make the quick point that um, when they first come in and C three PO is very surprised that they're being traded away, mm-hmm. it's very possible that R two just knew and didn't tell him because he seems to be kind of. A it quiet does seem like R two D two knew, and this is where yeah. it starts to come together that this wasn't just them all foolishly getting caught for no reason. This is what they're trying to portray, and that they were, oh, this was part of the grand scheme, right? But it's like so the grand scheme was to risk everyone's life just for the opportunity to be like right about before they're about to push you to your fucking death you can then start to hack and slash your way out that's a pretty fucking risky plan like that's your plan i think they're relying on like there's a certain suspension i don't know if i don't know if disbelief or whatever where like like you see the r2 unit and c3po they're in the dungeon but you know well they're not going to take them apart for parts because they're special you know, like, well, they're yeah, not going to kill Leia. As She's an, special. As an audience, you can watch that, but it's like the logic of, as you're yeah. saying, yeah. Like the logic of the characters and like what Jabba and would do with them and what Luke doesn't know what they might do with them. The logic of the characters falls apart. Yeah, totally. As an audience, you're like, yeah, of course. You know, of course R2, they're not going to die. Of course they're not going to die. Yeah, and you shouldn't parts. be relying on that. Like, you shouldn't Absolutely. be relying on like, well, of course Iron Man's not going to die in this. He's Iron Man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, like, and it, but I think that the experience of a person watching that is, and and for me too, is just, you just, because you so quickly draw the conclusion that they're probably not in any real danger, you don't get to explore that character mm-hmm. bad logic. Like, cause, cause you're, you're immediately fulfilled and there's not really tension that you think they're going to die. Yeah. This is definitely like, you can watch the scene and not notice any of the things I'm talking about and probably yeah. have a great time or whatever. But when you rewatch it and start saying things like return of the Jedi is the greatest movie or the greatest star Wars movie, right. like, no, watch it again and break down like how poorly written like the first forty fucking minutes of this movie were. I guess you just have to ask, yeah, was this a good plan? And every time you see anything, exactly. is this a good plan? And yeah, like, and, yeah, it probably. If this to was a review just... for someone to first watch it, it's like, yeah, you're not going to notice or care about any of these things. But when you're, you know, having a conversation about the best Star Wars movie, these are the kind of things you're going to want to start talking about. Like yeah. you're going to have to try and defend, and you can't defend the logic of these characters because they come across as stupid. All the real movies with real men viewers were preparing you. Hop it down into the real movies classroom. We will teach you how to defeat these Star Wars Return of the Jedi apologists. You can take all our tips and advice and our workbooks, and you'll learn all <laughs> the tools you need. Yeah. And I mean, this is this is this almost sums up my entire uh, Han Solo uh, portion of this because I got more to say. Nice. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is only the first like scene. Like, this the, is this uh, is the bulk of it because this scene is just so ridiculous when you break it down. Um, so yeah, Luke just he, he signals Star Two. He gets his lightsaber, which was apparently part of the plan as he's about to die, um, and he just hacks his way out. Uh, Lando does nothing. He does fuck all. Like he's actually one of the henchmen pushing Luke into the, the pit. So it's like I guess it's like he didn't push him in as violently as quick or as quickly as some of the others do. But he does basically does nothing. He actually quite quickly gets pushed into the Sarlacc pit and almost eaten and, and gets pulled out. So Lando was fucking useless for this whole plan. He doesn't do fucking anything. Like there was no point in having him in there. I guess they could have used him for some intel. They don't hint at that in the slightest, but possibly they used him for some intel but it doesn't seem like it because their plan no. their plan was fucking retarded it didn't seem like the kind <laughs> of plan that was based off of yeah. intel um and yeah so lando's useless 
Chewbacca is in chains, so he's pretty useless. I think mm. he might help fight someone, some of the people on the plank ship. But like he, he pretty much, I don't remember him doing anything of any kind of significance, which you'd think mm-hmm. having this giant lumbering like furball monster, like eh, you, you got a useful, you, think you'd be you able got to a punch use, you, guys? you must have some kind of use for this giant brute. And I don't yeah. think he really does anything. He might help like lift Lando out of the pit or something, but he doesn't do anything right. where it's just like, yeah, let's have him as an in guy. Yeah. He can sneak in and do this and knock out the bigger, like nothing like, like that actually utilizes Chewbacca's mm-hmm. strengths. He's just kind of there and maybe helps pull someone up at the end. Han Solo was blind for most of the fight because because he was awaking from being like frozen from several months, so he can't really see. So he is fucking useless. Not that he was part of their escape plan, but like he can't he can't help them in any way. Um, and then Leia ends up. Uh, I guess like maybe this was part of their plan. Like Leia ends up using her chains to choke Jabba to death. Cause she, right. Yeah. Um, but this is a weird fuck. Like again, coming back, like this is a weird fucking plan. Like you're going to put this in a, like, so you're, you had the foresight to know that you were all going to be put in a scenario mm-hmm. where you would be prisoners about to walk a plank and that you would be able to successfully escape from this by getting your mm-hmm. lightsaber from a droid who's all the way across and that Leo would be able to choke out Jabba. It's like, this is a very con. Like if you were discussing, you're in like the boardroom before trying yeah. to hatch the like before like implementing this plan. Like you'd be like, whoa, 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 and then start listing off all the things I've been talking about for the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Like this is a convoluted plan. Like how do you even know he's gonna make her a sex slave that he can choke her to death? <laughs> you don't know any of these. And fucking Leia's a princess. I don't even have that like in my notes here or anything. Like she's, she's a, a warrior. She's a yeah. princess. Like I mean, she's a general or whatever by this point. <laughs> like you're throwing the princess yeah, into but... like this rape cove scenario. Like that's a fucking ball. Like, Java's a big dude. Like plan. her. Oh, I, I kind of think like she's. I mean, not, nothing against her, but just it, it seems odd that she could like overpower this giant. Uh, well I I guess he was like distracted or whatever because he's watching Luke kind of hack through everyone but again it's like was that part of the plan it's like yeah when I when I hopefully get my lightsaber you can start choking Jabba it's like this is quite the picture you've painted that you'll you'll be able to get into the scenario and of course like it all works out for them but as we were saying as we were saying before to kind of summarize this whole thing it's like this doesn't come across as like Oh, that was their clever escape plan. It just when you break down, it's like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Like, what would they have done if all, any of these failure points would have happened? Yeah. And this is the first forty minutes of the movie, <laughs> and it's like it is, it is classic like comparison to prequel logic. Like all of these like characters doing things for no real reason, and it all just comes together in the end and works out. Even though what they've done was incredibly stupid. Yeah. Um, well, the, the this intro kind of screams George Lucas at me because what yeah. what it looks like is <laughs> yeah something from Star Wars screams well, George no, Lucas. Well, no, but you know, everyone knows <laughs> the behind the scenes of I George mean. Lucas's decision making. And so the the uh, Empire Strikes Back was huge. Yeah. And this movie came out a couple of years later, I think. And yeah, it was like just like three so years later or something. All like that. everyone's just dying for this movie, right? Yeah. They go to the theater and they're basically, I think the the guys who made the movie and stuff are like, oh, let's. We need to stick every character in this intro scene, yeah, like just for interest's sake. So everyone goes mm-hmm. to the movie and they see their favorite character on the screen. They're like, "Yeah, I think he's in there." I think he wanted to have like Lando. Shoehorn yeah. I think he wanted to My have favorite. yeah, like what you're talking about. Like, let's get every character in there for this amazing, exciting intro yeah. that's way too fucking long if, for for an intro. Yeah. Um, 
but also I think he wanted like, oh, we'll do this clever like Ocean's Eleven style like complicated escape. <laughs> Before <heist."> Ocean's Eleven, <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's no, Ocean's the 19- Eleven to the sixties, man. Yeah, there, oh the, my god, the original is in like another the 60s. great remake. Yo, um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So yeah, but it doesn't. It what like their depiction of that when you break it down, it's like no, it's not like this clever like bank robbery style thing. No, like, not at, at all. all. But anyway, I've okay. talked enough about that stupid escape plan scene. Uh, there's a couple of points. Yeah, I think that you just spent about forty minutes talking about that forty minutes. I told you it'd be long. I told you it'd <laughs> be long. That was more interesting than the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this next this next point uh, will be really quick. So again, no, it's fine. Going into uh, it probably won't be quick anyway, but. Uh, <laughs> So going into it, like, again, my comparison is between Return of the Jedi being the bridge uh, from the original trilogy to the prequels and, like, a bizarre scene in the middle of this movie that just feels like it was, like, this, this, this was a scene in the prequels almost. It's so weird, uh, is when Luke returns to Dagobah because he wants Dagobah. God, I hate that I fucking know all of these names. He returns to the planet <laughs> that Yoda is living on, the little swamp planet that Yoda is living on, uh, to finish his training because he, he he got interrupted in Empire. Uh, and when he gets there, uh, Yoda immediately dies, <laughs> like and tells him, "Oh, you got to go confront Vader. You don't get to finish your training." I'm all fine with that aspect of it, but Yoda immediately dies. Spoiler alert. For you people oh, haven't seen it. It. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it yet. Um, and then where the scene gets bizarre is he walks out of Yoda's little tree hut there uh, and he has a talk with the ghost of Obi-Wan just outside of Yoda's house. And this whole scene is really bizarre and stupid and weird. And it just feels like a scene out of the prequels. Because so. Jedi's, I guess, have this ability, not the Sith, but the Jedi's have this ability to kind of come back from the dead as apparitions. They sort of established this in Empire at the beginning when Luke is kind of like freezing to death in a scene that I'm not going to get into. And an, an apparition of Obi-Wan appears and says, hey, go to Dagobah and complete your, find Yoda to do your training. That's all he says. Just a really like simple phrasing. Um, Which he doesn't end up doing. No, yeah. What are you talking about? He goes to Dagobah and he talks to Yoda. And then Yoda's like, "No more training. Move no, on." No, 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 no. This is this, this is, is f- this is an empire. Oh, okay, try. Come on. Hey, if you weren't easy busy eating the fucking peanuts there. I was paying attention. I know. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, kidding. peanut boy. I yeah. forgot when he got trained. I yeah, peanut brittle. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so um, after Yoda dies and he's talking with Obi Wan's ghost, and again, it's like in Empire, it was just like a simple like, "Go to Dagobah, find Yoda." Blah, blah. Just a simple thing. Yeah. But in this, it's like they really over overdo the idea of what a forced ghost is, what they've established in Empire. Like in Empire, it seemed more like it wasn't you weren't even sure if it was Obi-Wan specifically, like the ghost of Obi-Wan talking to Luke. Well maybe it, it was just him hallucinating. It more seemed like, yeah, was he either hallucinating or in a in in a in a daze of confusion, like the force was guiding him to Dagobah. And by manifesting itself as a figure he knows. It was you're, more abstract. You're never, yeah, you're never quite yeah, sure really whether it's a, great a ghost. Way to yeah, I'm, portray yeah it. I think that's all fine. Because, but then we get to Jedi and like, he's having like a full fledged, like 10 minute conversation. Like, <laughs> what did you eat it for wasn't breakfast, like, Obi-Wan? I can't eat him yet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It isn't like vague, like, Dagobah. <laughs> Find Yoda. It's nothing vague like that. It's just like, oh, hey, Luke, how's it going? And like, <laughs> let's stop and have. Uh, I haven't seen you for a while because I've been dead. But like, let's stop and have a chat on this fucking log here. 
Steak and eggs. I'm dead. And this is Yoda that talks to him? No, this is Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan who's been dead for a while. Yoda apparently doesn't have this ability, I guess. Um, So, like, my problem partly with this is, like, if he's able to have, like, a fully articulated conversation with him. What the fuck is that noise? Don't worry about it. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) If he's able to have, like, a fully articulated conversation with him, for me, like... This really negates the impact of killing Obi-Wan in the first place. Having Obi-Wan be this like mm-hmm. a notorious dead character. If he can just come back in any scene and be like, oh, let's have a chat. A really long conversation about specific plot plot points in the movie. Because mm-hmm. then he goes like during the conversation, Obi-Wan tells him that like, oh, yeah, your Leia is, is actually your sister and all this this jazz. Like important character information like that that should have been like a big reveal kind of like the you know i am your father which was you know this this really iconic moment i think they wanted to recreate that but they did it in like the most lackluster way by having it's just like obi-wan just be like oh yeah you know leia's your sister you know as they talk about what they had to eat for breakfast that's like yeah it's just a weird way to convey such impact what should be such impactful information i could go into depth about how ridiculous the whole leia luke sister thing and that they totally did not plan it from the get-go and they just shoehorned it into jedi but i won't because maybe maybe we can have that be an entire segment one day yeah (laughs) the thing i found most strange about this scene and i think people might think this is a dumb criticism but i don't care um during this scene, this is a nitpicky thing, but during this scene, Obi-Wan, while they're talking, walks over and sits down on a fallen log. So it's like, now it's like... Now he can interact with he the He can interact with the real... I know it's such a stupid thing to even think about, but like, he's, like, he he's sitting down Vader with a log. Then? It's exactly <laughs> my <laughs> point. It's like, so not only can he have full-fledged, like, seemingly unlimited timeline conversations like it, it didn't seem like he was in a rush Maybe to convey this information like, like he's squatting yeah. he's like, I'm in the afterlife <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, yeah. yeah it's like, it's if, like I, if I let go I would actually fall through the log but it's I'm like so, so he can just <laughs> he can just appear at any time sit down a lo- he's sit down on a an log immortal like, soldier why not give him a fucking lightsaber and have him go <laughs> chop off the, like the emperor's head yeah like, it's, it's almost got a bit of that very vague not obviously not nearly as much like the uh, prequels but like that but very the vague like chosen one esque thing, yeah. Because it's like, why don't you do this? Well, you have to do yeah. it. Why the hell do I have to do it? Yeah. Like, it's like it doesn't doesn't really matter. Exactly what I, exactly what I mean. It's like this. It's not as bad as the prequels, of course, no. but it feels like well, this they is a connector. Say the word this this was one. a this scene was a stepping stone to the prequels because it's so like this yeah. is prequel logic here. Like yeah, him fucking uh, sitting down on a log. Just just to give a really quick over definition that the chosen one is a really common trope that you've seen in the Matrix with Neo. He's the chosen one. It was and, fine in the Matrix. Yeah, yeah. They kicked, well, the first Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. After that, it's yeah. So if anybody's ever using that, they probably are using it wrong, and it's. It's it's something to complain about. So yeah, that's a that's a trope. What's a trope? Well, let's get it. No, let's continue. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Google it, idiot. So that so that that's it for that scene. Is like it's it's just it feels like like prequel sort of weird scene where it's just like why you've really overthought out what was initially such a simple little apparition, and now it's like oh, you can have a conversation with them, sit down at the dinner table, you know, throw back a couple brews, sort of thing, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> old Ben. What's old Ben doing on this log? Yeah. So, oh. chapter three and the final <laughs> chapter of why uh, Return of the Jedi is my most hated movie ever of the week. Um, 
is how terrible everything on Endor sucks. Endor being <laughs> the 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 uh, God, I hate that I know these stupid <laughs> fucking names. <laughs> Um, the what? what the, the, what it's, it's the, it's the Endor is the Ewok planet, the the, oh, the yeah. forest planet that the Ewoks are on. So they have to go there. They have to. Everyone but Luke. Actually, Luke goes there. They have to go to Endor because there's a shield generator on this planet that generates the shield uh, for the new Death Star, which I'm not going to talk about. Which I could totally criticize, but I'm not going to talk about. Um, so they need to destroy the shield generator on here. Luke ends up leaving them and going up to the Death Star to go confront his father and maybe kill the Emperor or whatever. Um, but all the stuff on the Death Star, other than, all the stuff on the Death Star is fine itself. I like all that stuff. But everything on Endor sucks really bad. Like everything other than the speeder chase is just really horrible. Oh, that's a cool chase. It's great. Um, but yeah, other than yeah, that, yeah. like... I almost don't need to say it at this point, but the Ewoks are easily the fucking worst part of the original trilogy. Like, they are just, like, it's almost like kindergarten level of entertainment. And I hate the people that talk, well, you know, this is a kid's movie. That's how they defend the Ewoks, and that's how some other lunatics defend Jar Jar Binks. That's a great that's a great way to label somebody who likes that movie. Yeah. A lunatic. Yeah. Lock him up. <laughs> um, yeah, they say, oh, it's a kid's movie, and this movie's for kids, but it's like, it's not really. You watch all the other Star Wars, and it's like these people getting their limbs cut off, and like... Uh, Luke's uncle and aunt were burnt to a crisp and you see their charred bodies. And, and it is it is kind of an all-ages adventure, space adventure kind so of movie. You can watch with your family. Absolutely. Yeah. But it isn't like, it isn't like, you know, cloudy with a chance of meatballs and a lightsaber. Like, it's not, it's not directed for children, specifically. No. Cloudy um, city and a chance of Lando Calrissian. <laughs> <laughs> nice little throwback there. Um, like, I like the idea of the Empire having such an ego that they completely overlook this primitive alien race, and that kind of leads to their downfall. I like that idea. It's a, it's a good idea to have, but they're... Their execution of it is just like a bunch of fucking dancing teddy bears, like for a kindergarten class. But like it's it's, and and it takes up a large chunk of the movie. Like it's it's cringeworthy to watch, um, and it's it's horribly obvious that the only reason they put them into the movies was to sell toys. Now a lot of these other characters, you know, you you have there's at this point obviously there was lots of like Star Wars toys and merchandise and whatever, <laughs> but. Uh, um, they would make a toy of, of Han Solo or the Millennium Falcon because of, of, of a, as a byproduct of their popularity. People wanted to play with Han Solo figures. It's not that they made Han Solo so they could make an action figure of them. That's just, he happened to be a popular character, so they're like, yeah, let's make an action figure. Yeah. The Ewoks are clearly like, they're fucking teddy bears. Like, it's clearly yeah. like, well, they're already a, 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 a toy. <laughs> you just got to take the people out of them and sell them to people, yeah. <laughs> like, sell them to parents. Um, and yeah, it's like the whole action scenes in it, like with with the Ewoks, it's just like slapstick kitty comedy of them like swinging from ropes and like a Tarzan thing. Uh, like, I'm really looking forward to if George Lucas gets the rights back to uh, Star Wars in Episode Nine, where uh, we have the Beyblade uh, characters who are just there, walking Beyblades. So you know, can... there there is uh, a sect of of again lunatics, like <laughs> even more so on the internet that want. Uh, that are clamoring for Disney to bring back George Lucas as a director oh of, the f- of the new of the final of the new trilogy. Like it's like oh, that'd be Jesus. unreal. Like, <laughs> I, like 
man, you just you just made something break in my brain because like I decided that I would rather have the guy who directed Jurassic World direct episode <laughs> yeah, nine, who that. is yeah. who is doing it. He would do a better job. Yeah, which is like man, he'll that at broke least my brain, man. Yeah. He'll at least do a, like a by the numbers like assembly line style movie at the very least. Like yeah. George Lucas will be like. What the fuck? Like, what? You don't the, know the what you're guys. What the fuck? What's good, a, what's a gun gun gun? Gun? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then we can have the Pog character planet where everybody's all that they're walking and talking Pogs, and so they can sell lots of Pogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the last thing I'll say about the Ewoks is like, uh, it's it's very obvious. It almost doesn't need to be said, but like, they are. Uh, the Jar Jar of the original trilogy. Right. Like, they are clearly the stepping stone that led us to Jar Jar Binks. Like, they, they are, like, the, the testing ground for a character like yeah. Jar Jar Binks. action figure. Yeah. And that's in the original trilogy, the beloved original trilogy that some people will argue the Jedi is the best. You got dancing Jar Jar Binks bears flying around. <laughs> like, um So another problem with Endor. This is a pretty major problem that I think gets uh, overlooked a lot. Uh, is Han and Leia have absolutely nothing to do in the third act of this movie. It's almost like as soon as Han Solo gets rescued from from frozen carbonite in Jabba's palace, he has nothing else to do for the rest of the movie. They should have just kept him on that fucking rock because he doesn't do anything else. Like they don't do anything with him. Like so again, they're trying to get access to the 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 moon base, which has the shield generator, so they can blow it up and attack the Death Star. Um, Han and Leia spend a really, really fucking long time just standing in front of its locked door. Like, they get to, they find the base, they get, they, they fight their way up there with the Ewoks, and then while the Ewoks are fight, the Ewoks and Chewbacca are fighting off uh, the stormtroopers and whatever, they're just standing there in front of the fucking door trying to get it open because naturally they, they lock the thing. And it's just like they're just standing there in front of the door. And these are two major characters, like major, major uh, important like people that are characters that people have grown to love. Like Han Solo, like such a great character. What's he do in the whole like the last hour and 10 minutes of this movie? He stands in front of a fucking door. He doesn't do fucking anything. And like, yeah, for two such important characters, this is horribly, horribly, horribly not compelling for what should be compelling characters. Um, and yeah, like initially both uh, Harrison Ford, who played Han Solo, and Lawrence Kasdan, I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last that name right. He, directed uh, he was the, the, he was the right, one, right he was the writer uh, of I think the like took part in writing the whole tr- trilogy, but he wrote Return of the Jedi. Uh, Big thumbs up to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They both, so both of them initially wanted to have uh, Han Solo killed off in Jedi, which would have made a great, like, I don't, they, they have, none of them have gone into specifics as to how they would do it, but they have talked about like, yeah, we wanted to give him a really finalized arc. Right. Um, and it would make a much more compelling case for this character who was once that'd be a, brutal. Once like a scoundrel, and like he didn't care about anything but a, any anything or anyone but himself. Yeah. And then suddenly he meets these people. He kind of joins the rebellion. He becomes a general, and then in one way or another, kind of sacrifices himself be, be, for his friends tragic. and the cause. It'd yeah. be such a tragedy. It would be great, and it would give you remember it forever. Yeah, it would be this memorable conclusion for that character. Well, you know what I think is more memorable than that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is standing in front of a yeah. door. <laughs> but no. I'm, I'm I'm assuming studio intervention came in and what do you want to do instead of that? I just put him in front of the door. We got an hour and 10 minutes left in our movie, George. What do we want to do with Han Solo? 
I like well, doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that, just that sounds it, good. What do, what do you? The think, door's uh, probably locked. Executive number two. Oh yeah, definitely a door. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah, uh, we could be a gray door. Could be a brown door. We put yeah. some. So it, it's tell just, me about the this door. This makes it Where very again you? makes it very clear, much like the Luke and Leia being sisters, a brother and sister thing, um, that they didn't really have an overarching plan for the whole trilogy. And by the time they got to Return of the Jedi, they were just like, eh, what do we do? What do we do with these characters? They didn't have a really clever thought out plan. Um, so anyway, um, last thing I want to point on Endor that's really quick, uh, for those of you that want to check this out at about an hour and 54 minutes into the movie, uh, when they finally blow up the shield generator, it is the most fucking massive, like it's an awesome explosion. Yeah, like they totally blow great. the fuck out of this thing. And it's like a mini nuke. Like, you know, those like footage you see of like a nuke going yeah. off. And it's like, it's like that cut in half, but it's, so it's still really fucking big. And it shows Han Solo. He plants the bombs and then he starts to run out of the, out of the, mo- or the, the shield generator base there. And he runs like 20 feet. Then he jumps, turns around and takes cover and it immediately explodes. So he's only like 20 feet from this fucking thing. And it is the most yeah. massive, amazing explosion. It's like a good two kilometer explosion. There's yeah, easily. And there's just no fucking Not only way. would he be dead, but he'd probably be vaporized. Like not, no not even like way. burnt to death. Maybe if he survived it, like... He's he, very he, badly injured. He's very badly injured. Maybe that's how you kill him off. Um, it, like, maybe he'd be injured. But, like, he's not... It's not like he's hiding behind, like, a big piece of cover. He's, like, hiding behind... Like, like a little like log. Like a shrub. It's not even <laughs> a log. It's like a shrub. <laughs> it is fucking nothing. And, but, yeah, so about an hour and 50, 54 minutes into it, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, it it's, it's so great. funny. The, ex, the ex- it's a cool explosion, explosion too. It's like a you great said, great like explosion. It, it looks but great. I think they really blew some stuff up for it. You know? yeah, it was it's, like, it's a great explosion, but it's clear like there's no fucking way he could have survived this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty great. So that that that's that's it. I could go on about many other things about Return did, of the Jedi. Did, did you, you didn't want to you don't want to touch on the in you know four or five plot lines happening at the end or oh god yeah I, <laughs> I could but again like we're already running, well yeah to summarize it up for 30 running seconds like an hour and 45 so summarize here. it in 30 seconds like it's an important you, you have this ending scene and you have like a, this awesome space battle which is kind of action fun then you have this very serious dramatic like death star stuff between luke vader and the and the emperor uh and then you get to the ewoks and it's like slapstick kindergarten yeah. comedy, and it's like tonally. This is all in like the same time frame that you're watching. Because it keeps switching between and the it scenes, jumps right? between all of them, which is exactly like stuff that happens in the Phantom Menace that I won't get into. Where, but it's like tonally, it's like you just your brain is going every fucking direction, and it's like this is not something that a competent director would have would it's, have it's, allowed. It's, it's too confusing. You can't have these intersecting plot lines without unless you're doing it real smart. Which yeah, yeah and, and it like, wasn't real smart. Yeah, he he's he's no like Martin Scorsese or anything. Like George Lucas should simplify this shit. Like don't like it's Star Wars. You don't need it's to complicate. It's not story. Star Trek. You don't need to complicate it too much. But anyway, yeah. so that's that's that's, my, a, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's like a good hour rant that's on my, Return that, of the Jedi. That's my that's my long winded rant on <laughs> why Return of the Jedi is my most hated movie ever. My no, point. I loved it though. My point being is that. Return of the Jedi is the bridge to the prequels. It's the stepping stone. It's what connects the horribleness of the prequels to the greatness of the original trilogy, despite being some quality stuff in there. Still a good movie. I'd, I'd watch yeah, it Yeah, it's again. a good movie, but 
obvious problems. But if yeah. if you call it your favorite of the original trilogy, your favorite Star Wars movie, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> I'll even go on record for saying I think it's worse than Episode Seven. Episode Seven is a better movie than Episode Six. You'll yeah. you won't find it anywhere else here, folks. Come on down to Real Movies with Sorry. Real Men. We'll call you an idiot and send you off on your way. Yeah, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so. Yeah, I guess that's the end of the podcast. So Yeah, the end of our first episode. Maybe check out our Facebook page and our real somewhat real non-existent men. website. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we might have some sort of voting system going on, too. Yeah, where you're going to be able to... Well, you, you, know, you already can. Come on, vote for your favorite movies. So are uh, they... Are, is the, are your they, favorite hated movies. Are they voting for which they believe is the hated? Okay. Yeah. Hated? Vote for the movie that you hate the most. So yeah. if you really hate a movie, vote it up. Yeah, and uh, so the movies at the top are going to be the ones that people hate the most. They're going to so be the wanna... most hated movie ever. So if again. you love the movie, you think we're wrong, vote it down. Yeah, if you think in, I'm in, a fucking idiot oblivion. for for hating on the dancing teddy bears, yeah, vote it then, down. I don't know. We'll 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 probably do some sort of contest where somebody has to cut off their nipple or something if they lose. I don't know, <laughs> something like we'll that. So, <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll probably figure out. We'll iron out some of the details along the way, but something along those lines. So absolutely cool. Thanks for listening, folks. Fuck off. <laughs> Good, goodbye. <laughs>